Let's do this. Three, two, one. We have a very special holiday introduction, including some a, a special holiday announcement and, and poem from David Ladd. And I would ask uh, all of you on the panel while we play this to, to it, just sit back, be quiet in case the audio goes over, and enjoy the, uh, the holiday greeting from David Ladd. And also adjust your mics because Curtis says you're a little bit soft. Here we go. Coco Talk is an unscripted live broadcast. Anything. Let's try this one more time. Here we go. You are watching Coco Talk, the world's leading weekly video podcast featuring a candy colored computer. We spread the love to the past, present, and future for all models, including the original colored computer, the Coco 3, and the world renowned exclusive French computer, Radio Shack. Eight slot MPI, you know, floppy drive, Coco SDC, um, sound speech pack, orchestra 90, RS232 pack, modem pack, uh, super IDE. You start adding all those together if you want them all usable at the same time. Well, guess what? You just went over the four slot MPI. Sierra Online reminds you this holiday season to multitask safely. Make sure to use a Tandy Color Computer 3 with OS9 operating system. Don't try this on a 6502. Hello, I am David Ladd, and you are watching Coco Talk. Twas the night before Christmas, when all through the shack... The elves had made cocos to fill Santa's sack. His truck was stacked up to the ceiling with pride in hopes that St. Nick would soon take a ride. The stores were quite empty with all the shelves bare, with Scripset and Skeen and Saxon to share. Charles Tandy then opened the doors with a snap as Santa poured out his delightful burlap. The 6809 is ahead of its time. Additional colors, more memory, and now OS9. With that, Mr. Kringle took off in his sleigh and vowed to return with more goodies one day. Cocos were open, turned on with much glee. But wait, something's missing. There is no floppy. The Tandy Color Computer 3. Available from Radio Shack. Merry Christmas, everyone!
Cuckoo Talk is an unscripted live broadcast. Anything can and will happen. The views and opinions expressed by members of the panel and the live audience are their own and not necessarily those of the Cuckoo Talk show, its sponsors, affiliates, or subsidiaries. Open minds encourage, sense of humor recommended. If any off-color comments were made, we're sorry. Hi, this is Dale Lear, designer of TRS-80 Color Baseball, and you're listening to Coco Talk. talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. It's time to drop your socks and grab your real-time clocks, and let's rock. Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world, keeping the Tandy flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop, cause Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world. Welcome to Coco Talk, a Coco Christmas. We've got a panel of luminaries, legends, and Nick Marotta. <laughs> you started out so nice to me, and then you... I, I'm not sure what you did about that. <laughs> now, I, I, there was some uh, sound issues for us on the Zoom, but I'm not so sure that that went through to... I to, think the stream was fine. I think the stream was fine because I was having some... Some issues in, in Windows before the the show, um, but I think OBS was sending out the sound, so just, it sounds it like a, it. To, you t- you told us to sit back and enjoy it, and we couldn't. And you couldn't, and you mm-hmm. couldn't. The people on the panel couldn't. But we were let down. <laughs> Major. <laughs> well, you have to go back and watch the. Thing. Actually, that's it's a about, default position for this show. You should feel let down. And, and yeah, it, it's actually the the uh, standard for this show. So yeah, so <laughs> we'll have to p- play the Beatles song. Don't let met, me down. We've met our goal. That's well, the ELO, isn't it? Yeah, I thought that was the ELO. Don't bring me down. No, yeah, don't well, let me down. The ELO from, oh, let me down. Uh, don't oh, don't, don't face the music. Uh, Nineteen seventy-five. But I don't I, know. I go back further. Well, I think what we need for Christmas is an audio engineer, so maybe we'll get that. Then uh, we get that sometime next year. Uh, yeah, it, it's right next to the uh, place called Talent. <laughs> uh, we got a button for that. I just can't find it. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, somebody. Uh, it seems like Stevie Stroh was very moved by David Ladd's uh, Christmas greeting. So, uh, it was uh, a joy to produce. Let me tell you. <laughs> Well, let's talk to our panel uh, in his Christmas red, Mark Overholzer. How are you doing? 
Hey, yeah, glad to be here as usual. And uh, I'm seeing we're going to be kind of thin, but looks like we got a great crew, and including a few new people. That's right. We sure do. I'm going to save our special guest for last, but certainly no less special is Timberman himself, Rondell Vo. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Yahoo. It's going to be 73 today. Yes, it is. I can take it. And no rain. And no rain, right. That's right. Well, don't rain on his parade. Mark B. is uh, our backup streamer, uh, engineer, a reminder of, uh, to, to, to turn on certain cameras and turn off certain other things. Uh, an all-around good guy and uh, ready for Christmas in his coconut T-shirt. Mark B., how are you? Hello, everybody. Happy to be Howdy. here. And uh, uh, again, uh, we'll, 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 we're, we're scooting around the Hollywood Squares here. Uh, I think this is either a camera into Paul Barton's apartment or a, um, a vision of the future when after the machines have taken over. I'm not quite sure, yes. but uh, this is uh, Paul Barton. I believe that's you. And how are you? And welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much. I'm here. Uh, this machine on the right is the old Coco Tower from Roger Taylor. Working, <clears throat> working, clicking along. So it's a repack, along. or it's a, or it's, it's a, a repack. It's got the eight meg and a bunch of other stuff on it. Ooh, your eight meg? Yeah, one of them. Mm. <clears throat> okay, as long as it has not become self-aware. Hmm. Are you um, looking at a picture? I've seen no, it. No, it does still crash once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all know after watching Terminator, you can't do that with a 68 or 9, and you have to use the 6502. <laughs> yes. Right. Well, uh, yeah. he, well, he's always on the way from point A to point B. He's a upset. He has an obsession, perhaps even a fetish, around switches. The man, the... The smarter or the dumber of the two Riker brothers, we haven't figured that out yet. Jason Riker, Coco Man. Howdy, howdy, yes. Uh, along the, uh, traveling along the country's highways and byways. Uh, here I am, and uh, I do believe that this, this is our first episode that's certified uh, gluten-free. That's right. It's a very gluten-free episode. While he exceeds the speed limit for thousands of miles. <laughs> yes, we don't have a, a sound effect for the police, but, you know, always look behind you, Jason. Always be aware. Watch um, up to the bears. <laughs> maker, of, uh, maker of cases and, and joysticks and uh, jewels, games and, and, and Simon Says and all sorts of programs for the color computer and, and cases to, to put them in. Mr. John Strong. How are you, John? You're on mute. You've never said it better, though. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, can, can you go back on mute? That was great but before. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I hear that a lot, right? <laughs> Uh, oh, been very busy. Uh, we do have just to let people know the 502 cases are ready. I've got some 
made, ready to ship. I have the new deluxe Coco SD case, uh, which will have the uh, inserts and a new design. It's awesome. I've got some of those made and ready to ship if people are interested. There's been some requests on Facebook and such. What what is the deluxe SDC case? Is that a different one from the standard one, or uh, what's the yes? This uh, what the difference is is it's gonna it has the a different design. It has the brass. I get to sleep. I don't think you make it up. The brass inserts for the all, all the screws with it. They work in there, and so and then it's a. Uh, it has a screw in the bottom, so you can have it screwed on, or it also snaps in. Yeah, if you want more permanent, you can do the screw in the bottom. And what's what's the cost on that one? They're going to be it's twenty dollars. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a little more expensive than the others, but it's basically matching what. I'm getting on this with the extra uh, inserts and things, a few more things to go wrong, so got to account for that. But uh, very nice cases. I'm slowly converting some of my designs to use those inserts. John, does it have lettering on it? No, it does not. Are you still taking orders for the MCX-128 case? Yes. Excellent. Yeah, I don't know. The the only thing that I'm not really currently uh, making available by hand is the old-style Coco SDC case. I, we have some blemished ones in stock. That uh, The new ones, I'm going to go forward with printing these. And they just come in white, correct? Or is, the, is there other colors that are available? Generally, I just do white and black. Sometimes I'm running some other plastic, uh, and or I have nothing running, and I can be talked into doing another color that I have in stock. Uh, the big reason I don't switch just any colors is because that color bleeds through when you change rolls. So I end up throwing a case or so away sometimes uh, if I change colors. So that kills the profit margin on the case. Right, so, well. so, so those those type of cases go to the the Isle of Misfit Toys, then, correct? Uh, so they go to if they're good enough. Uh, sometimes they go uh, to a fest, and so does a blemish, and that's if it, the problems are minor. I have one of those. <laughs> yeah, it's just cosmetic. You know, it's basically what I do with those looks. Now, it's got a little bit of the wrong plastic color in it or something like that. Yeah, but John, can't those be painted? Call it art. And then I have to, you could paint those. You can do whatever you want with them, but I don't. Tape a banana to it. You're worth millions. <laughs> and so it just, you know, by the time I get, you know, if I add much more time to it, you know, it's not going to be worth the effort on it. Okay. And I'm trying to keep the reasonably priced. You know, and uh, make a quality product for people. Uh, David Ladd has a couple of some of these uh, SDCs. He actually has a, a blemished one, and uh, he's really like it the way it works, and so do I. 
So. Okay. All right. Well, if you uh, if you want to go into any of uh, this in more detail, you know, just jump in, and we'll uh, we're going to loop back back around and do some news and. Uh, yeah, you know, when, and yeah, just trying to do that because again, I've got uh, trying to get set up to do some cocoa stuff here, but I got a few chores I've got to do around the house before I can get to that. Uh, I need your list. Doing, you have a honeydew list. Oh yeah. And I got my cocoa do list too. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Thanks, John. There's- and we had a couple comments in the live chat. I do want to, I do want to uh, say hello to Dave Phillipson, creator of Supercom, in the chat. Matchy in the chat. We've got uh, Curtis Boyle, L. Curtis Boyle. Uh, Matchy saying nice. Nice vest. Thank you, uh, Matchy. Uh, it is the only thing that's red and green that I own. I couldn't find my Santa hat. And this is uh, was made uh, for Burning Man by a friend of mine uh, many, many years ago. So uh, just trying to keep in the holiday spirit. And thank you, Nick Moroda, Al Hartman, Terry Steggy. Uh, Fred is out there somewhere. And uh, Ken Reichert says that Jason Reichert is the smarter and better looking of the Reichert brothers. Wow. How, how, can you, how can you argue with that? I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna have, to agree, I'm, I'm gonna have to do a rare thing and agree with my brother. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jason, I mean, really, really, what, what would be your counter argument for that? I mean, that's just... Well, I just wonder if his brother's been hacked and it's not him. <laughs> Yes, uh, Ken. If you if you need help, uh, blink three times and uh, let us know. Uh, and uh, we talked about what I'm wearing, uh, and uh, you know I apologize in advance. Uh, Lloyd Thompson says, "Anyone having experience installing a Coco VGA in a Coco Two? Um, we do. In fact, there's a, 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 a gentleman, Brendan Donahue, who can help you with that at CocoVGA.com, or join our disco." Twitch server. I don't. Mark O, can you post our Discord server link in the oh, he chat? He spelled it with a K, so he's, he's talking with the Korean one. I think he's being cute with the K spelling. Um, well, but if you join Korean. our uh, Discord group, you can actually talk to and chat with Brendan right in the Coco VGA channel on the Color Computer Discord server. So please join us on on Discord, and then we'll be talking about Jim Gary and all sorts of fun news. Um, so continuing on with the panel. Uh, you you know him, you love him. He's got a ukulele. Don't hold that against him. It's Nick Marota. I am. A, I'm not afraid to use it either. I will use it if if it comes down to it. <laughs> keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Um, How's everybody doing this wonderful few days? Before pretty good. What what you got on your computer back there? I have sent from our friend uh, Bruce a personalized Joy and Coco Christmas card. Uh, D. Bruce Moore? From D. Bruce Moore. What a guy. So, uh, yeah, he sent those out to a few of his new friends, and uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm proud of displaying it since he's not here. Nice. What a great group we have. We have a really, it's a really fantastic community. Uh, great. Well, thank you, Nick. And, and a man who may not play the ukulele, but he knows a lot about music. In fact, that's, it's literally his middle name. Uh, Brian, the music man, Shubrin. Hey, how you doing, everyone? 
Hey, we're, we're not used to your regular voice. <laughs> <laughs> My yeah. regular voice? Yes, it's, it seems like your that condition cleared up. You're you're very clear. Yeah, I, I had something kind of stuck in my throat. <laughs> yeah, it was something a little devilish, I think. <laughs> yeah, just uh, taking spring or no, not spring break, Christmas break. Don't have to go back to work until uh, next uh, year. Thank God. So. That'll be fun. Right. Yeah. All right. So, well, and got some Christmas presents out to uh, Dave O'Connor out there in uh, Down Underland. Yes, so, he's amassing quite a pile of stuff for his uh, project. He's going to be working on his yeah. music. Surprised he's not here. Yeah. Yeah, he sent a message. He's doing some sort of a system upgrade, so ah. he's not able to join us. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right, well, that means he's making money. <laughs> well, uh, jump in any time, Brian. We, uh, next on our panel is a man whose new game uh, is actually has a lot of Christmas colors in it. Um, but it is not specifically Christmas-themed, although if the aliens did attack on Christmas, you would want to have a gun star available. It is Nick... Mm, Marentes. <laughs> and to in think this, about that in this um, court, <laughs> the other neck. Good day, everyone. Yep. Uh, just here, we're sweltering in the heat over here at the moment. But can we get a crikey? <laughs> crikey! <laughs> <laughs> so, do you guys sing jingle bells down there? Like, what do you do? Because <laughs> oh, it's like we, all hot down there. Well, it it's is a theoretical yeah. thing. Yeah, well, we turn the TV on and watch all the American uh, Christmas shows showing reindeers and snow, and you open the window and it's a blistering hot day outside. (laughs) (laughs) It's all fake news. (laughs) I I spent one Christmas in California and I hated it because there was no snow. I did spend a Christmas in in Brisbane, actually, and it was uh, like over 100, 100, and it was 150. We took a trip to Sydney. It was 115 degrees Fahrenheit, 45 Celsius. Yeah, that'll melt Boy, your uh, that'll melt your Christmas balls, Nick. <laughs> Boy, I hate to see what it's like down there in summer. Oh, yellow <laughs> your cocoa. <laughs> yeah, oh. you should see it in summer. Um, June, well, July, it's uh, yeah. Nick, will we have a like a game on segment or anything that we should go in? Uh, I know you're you're putting the finishing touches on your masterpiece. Yeah, nothing is yet. I mean, I haven't yeah, I haven't got anything really new to uh, ex- to describe. But um, yeah, the game is pretty well finished. It's just um, touch ups and fine tuning, and maybe just one more feature feature creep again. Uh, I'm, I might need to add before I uh, actually release it. But uh, at this stage, we're looking at releasing it uh, in time for Coco Fest. So even though it's almost finished now, but uh, there's a bit of work from now, a few add-ons I want to do. Now, if you waited for Jim Brain to release his Coco SDC extender, you could support <laughs> the audio chip. So that would be that would make the release sometime in 2024. <laughs> so that would give you some extra time. <laughs> we kid, Jim Brain. 
Don't forget the Dalvo Beta Testing Center. <laughs> the, the <Delvo>. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, Nick, I felt a little vindicated earlier this week when somebody else posted about the difficulty of uh, Popstar Pilot. Yes, I yes. saw that. <laughs> so I was like, yes, it's not just me. <laughs> it's, it's not just me, but once you get over the first uh, learning curve of it, of it, it the rest of the levels mm. will, will get a lot easier. Um, but somebody who knows a few things about making levels, you see how, you see how my segues work? That was an amazing segue. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Nick. You, you took a course, <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> yes. Of course, minus course. Yes. Nick Morota cashed his check, I can see. Yes, thank you, Nick. <laughs> but someone who knows a few things about levels and has made uh, last year released something called Digger 3 Holiday Preview has an amazing level called the Batcave uh, that I was able to get past uh, after an entire afternoon um, in which I, I then uh, died in the, in the final level of level 5. But we might play that a little bit later on in the show. Uh, and uh, he is working on the final official release of Digger 3 and a an all-around uh, uh, personality in the uh, community. I'm sure he'll have some words of wisdom for us today. Chet Simpson, are you out there? Yes, yes, I am. I'm sitting here enjoying a nice little game of uh, Shanghai at the moment. <laughs> uh, I never, I wasn't sure what that last word was going to be, but I'm glad it's Shang- Shanghai. Yes, Shanghai is an awesome game. Indeed. So, what's your overall? Uh, what you know? What you you have some Christmas uh, uh, plans, or you're going to be working on Digger, or what's going on? Uh yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna have breakfast with the family tomorrow, and then I'm gonna do some uh, some level design and and uh, get some things out of the way, and then I've got some uh, some holiday time coming up that I'll uh, I'll spend uh, you know split between uh, you know doing some family stuff and, and working on Digger, get some of the final touches, the uh, you know the, the list of levels out of the way, and, and you know all of that uh, last minute uh, detail kind of thing that uh, that has to be done on these kind of projects. Okay, well um, we'll we'll probably be talking to you during the news segment. Um, I think we're we've got. Um, we're going to do our special guest. We're going to take a break here in a second and do talk to our special guest. And then we'll do news, and that's when we'll probably uh, talk about Digger 3, but uh, just uh, jump in as needed. Indeed. All right. Well, uh, Don't forget uh, the dumpster fire there. That, no, I believe me. Uh, who could ever forget <laughs> the, the man who coined the term dumpster fire, and uh, we all thought it was a pretty accurate description of the show. Richard Larbieski, boysontech.com. Yay, I'm here. I, I, I must apologize. I tried really hard to do a Christmas card, but the uh, fire department wouldn't allow me to put a dumpster inside the uh, fireplace. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, Richard, for you, this sounds like um, you know that you're in a good mood. By your standard. Oh, yeah, yes, yes. I, my people skills are on full blast right now. <laughs> oh, you almost sound pleasant. Yes, I know. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with, with that, there's... there's huh? Who just joined? Who's just joined? Oh, I forgot to say please. Oh, yes, please. Oh, that's, that's all the difference. Okay. All right. Well, I think we've introduced everybody except our special guest. So we're going to take a 
a commercial break and we will be back with Mr. Bill Pierce. We'll be right back after these messages. Radio Shack has something for everyone this Christmas. Like an AM FM clock radio with snooze button, brightness control, and battery backup. Only $29.95. <laughs> or a stylish telephone with one button memory dialing and handy hold button. Just $69.95. For real convenience, get a cordless telephone. Use it anywhere in or around the house. On sale for $99.95. Radio Shack. This Christmas, it's your electronic wonderland. The Bakers. Now, they like a family present. Let's see now. Candy's color computer system with its own carry-home pack. That's a family affair. Well, Dad, a color computer. The computer cassette recorder. And Aussie accountant. That's for me. And for my school project and two joysticks and a viewed game. Okay, who's the expert? Me, Dad. Thank you, Tandy. Uh, Sam. Every Christmas, Santa's little helpers go shopping at Radio Shack. This Christmas, Tandy has a very special offer. A family color computer pack to take away at a very special price. This family computer comes complete with software and costs an incredible $449, a saving of $241.69. It's powerful, educational, and ideal for the young and young at heart. The easy way to start computing. The color computer family pack from Tandy. Get it while it's hot. Tandy, the biggest electronic store in Australia. It's a Radio Shack Merry Christmas. This year, I needed to give a real family pleaser. Honey, please, help me with this budget. How about a new game, Dad? Please. And I found it. Radio Shack's Color Computer 2. On sale for just $99.95. It entertains, educates, manages. It's expandable and affordable. Now that really pleases me. The Color Computer 2. Sale price for Christmas. Only at Radio Shack. And we're back with some after some lovely Christmas advertisements from Radio Shack. I'd say that was a hundred dollars well spent to shut up his whiny kid and wife. <laughs> wow, that is some holiday cheer right there. Wow. Did you hear them? Do you hear them? They're like, oh, no, I, 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 I totally agree. I think the sign of the little kid shouldn't have gotten anything, I should, except for stuck in the closet. But still, coming from you, man, come on. What is up with that? Yes, the guy that heads up the People Skills Institute. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you expect that kind of stuff coming from me. I mean, that's an everyday, every-minute occurrence. But from you, come on. What? Wow. We close, 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 close must be Christmas. getting the eggnog. Must be getting right. the or something. And Nick, is it? Right. Let me tell you what I really think of you all. Nick, isn't it enough? you to Walmart with me from now on, man. We're going we're gonna to bust through those crowds. We're going to get that TV. <laughs> it's just turning into the uh, Festivus airing of the grievances. Oh, there we go. Yes. You're turning, you're turning into Krampus over there. What? Damn. <laughs> well, Nick, it is... <laughs> that commercial really bothers me. <laughs> isn't it, isn't it uh, a punishment enough that that kid's getting a Coco 2, Nick? 
That is all you need. <laughs> That's all you need. <laughs> all you need. Anything Some, else, especially if it has 64K. That's yes. right. Really. Anything else, just bragging. That's right. Hey, original 64K Coco One White Case did it for me, man. <laughs> nice. Well, um, since we have a few minutes here, and Bill, Bill Pierce had to step away, and then I want to do an introduction and interview with him and get to know him and what he's been up to. Um, why don't we just do a quick mention uh, from Mark Overholzer about a legendary member of the 6809, 6809. Motorola community. Um, there's an echo, there's an echo. From, somebody. from somebody. It sounds deeper than your voice. Um, where's that echo? Okay, it's it's over. Thank you, uh, Mark. Can you tell us what happened and um, and and who the person was and and what his contributions were to, to uh, our computer? Okay, um, so uh, the man the man in question is uh, Chuck Peddle, who uh, he kind of started his career in uh, microcomputers, uh, working for Motorola. Yeah, I understand he helped develop. I think it was the sixty eight twenty one. It's one of the uh, peripheral chips to the sixty eight hundred. Um, he wasn't in, on the original 6800 team, but after he helped develop the hardware, then Motorola put him on the road talking to customers about using their new line of 6800 you know, family of stuff. And uh, he got a lot of pushback. You know, at the time, the 6800 was $300 a chip, and quantity's a one. And a lot of pushback saying, you know, it's kind of expensive. We need something about, you know, about one tenth the price of that. So anyway, he kept going back to Motorola management saying, you know, there's demand here, but we need to get the price down. And they weren't interested. And so he kind of got frustrated after a while, and so he talked seven other Motorola engineers into leaving with him, and they went to a little company in Valley Forge, Pennsylvania called MOS Technologies. And uh, they developed the uh, Motorola, or sorry, the MOS Technologies 6501 and 6502, which they sold at, uh, I think it was the uh, first, uh, the 75 uh, West Coast Computer Fair for $20 and $25 each. Anyway, um, and so those who are familiar with those, uh, Atari bought them, Apple bought them, Commodore bought them, um, the Acorn, uh, BBC Acorn. Um, anyway, a lot of systems. Anyway, Chuck is the, was the guy who basically you know pushed forward low cost microprocessors and really got the springboard of uh, you know microcomputer systems coming out. So anyway, I guess he died on the fifteenth of December. And uh, re- remind me that the, can you say his name again? Uh, Pedal, Chuck Pedal. Chuck Pedal. Thank you. Well, yeah, I have a link here, uh, team6502.org, that has a story on it. So. Candy Radio Shack did not use the 6502 at all, did they? No. No, they didn't. Nope, never. Nope. Z80 and uh, 68000 and 6809, of course. But like I said, he's uh, had, you know, he had an intersection with uh, Motorola and, and really helped push a lot of the stuff forward. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we we are grateful uh, for his contributions, and uh, and he'll definitely be missed. Um, oh, Al Hartman said he helped develop the Commodore Pet and also the Kim One, which was a, a trainer. Um, Motorola had something similar that they developed too for the sixty-eight hundred family. Okay. Well, he changed the world um, with a, a processor that was actually affordable and could go into these home computers. Right, basically established that there was a market for that stuff, and then, you know, as time went along, more expensive processors came out, but it was worthwhile pursuing those because they knew there'd be demand for such things. So, yep, one of those tipping points in history. All right. Well, uh, if you have a link to, you know, any of that information, put it into the YouTube chat, if you don't mind. 
And uh, we, our special guest has returned. Um, Bill Pierce, can you hear us? Yeah. Great. Uh, just, I Good know you. <laughs> yeah, let, why don't you say a few words uh, um, about yourself? Because I think you're a little soft, but go ahead. Uh, well, I've been working with the Coco since probably about late 1984, I think it was. Uh, I bought a uh, 16K Coco 2 and it wasn't long I upgraded to 64K mm -hmm. what's this milkman thing you're telling me <laughs> yeah where, where do we get uh, to the bit where were you well, so you want to hear the milkman story <laughs> yeah come on okay uh, at the time I bought my Coco I was a milkman I delivered milk for Pine State Milk Company here in North Carolina. And uh, uh, one of my stops was a Winn-Dixie in a mall that had a radio shack. And as a lot of you know, I'm a musician. So uh, while I was at the Winn-Dixie, I figured, well, I'm going to run over here to Radio Shack. I've got to pick up some adapters. And I run into Radio Shack, and you know how they always used to have the manager's table sitting out front? where they have special deals on it. Well, sitting on the manager's table was this little white box with a keyboard in it and had this cartridge plugged in the side of it. And sitting behind that was a little color TV. And coming out of the cartridge was a cable going over to one of the stereo systems, and it was playing the William Tell Overture. And I knew the manager very well. I had bought many adapters and speakers from him. And... uh so he come over to talk to me. He seen me looking at it, and he explained to me what it was. I mean, the cartridge was the Orchestra 90, and uh, he was telling me it'd do uh, five voices. And I was like, wow, five voices? I could write music on that. He said, sure, you could write music on that. So needless to say, I walked out of the Radio Shack that day with a 16K Coco, and uh, Orchestra 90, I think the cocoa was $69 for the 16K cocoa. They were trying to get rid of them. And uh, I paid $79 for the Orchestra 90. <laughs> and uh, I carried on from there. I went from the Orchestra 90 to Lyra, and then from there to uh, Ultimus 3. And I, I used Ultimus 3 right on till after I got my first PC because uh, MIDI software was just too expensive for the PC at the time. So uh, I now, kept did right you, on. Did you also um, include the Cocoa with your music, the music you used to make, uh, you know, with your guitars and stuff? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I actually used it in live performance. Uh, I used to do a little acoustic show, and I'd have, like, bass and drums and keys playing in the background on the Coco. Oh, cool. I, I did that quite often. And uh, Do I you tried have to talk to one of the bands I was playing in into using it. And they were like, no, we don't want no computer music. <laughs> but, you know. Do you have a website? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we can post that in the chat, the um, the, Bar the Barn Studios website. Yeah, I was going to say, some of you got to have a link. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll post it. I'll post it in the uh, chat. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, it's actually got some of the music there that I do. Uh, 
I mainly play guitar, but I also play keyboards, bass, drums, two vocals. Um, I try to do a little bit of all of it. And then uh, the past few years, or past 10, 10 12 years, uh, Corporal Tunnel's kind of restricted by playing a whole lot. So I don't play in bands and stuff anymore. And I, I started recording and started a little recording studio, which I was running up until last October or not last October, October of last year when Florence came in and kind of put an end to my studio. But, uh, uh, you got completely wiped out, didn't you? Oh yeah. Yeah, I lost everything. Um, My home, my studio, everything. I mean, I walked out of there. Uh, we, we packed a few clothes in the bags because it was, I mean, hurricanes were pretty normal here. I mean, we get them every year. And so it was no big deal. We had, you know, a backup plan to my mom's church has plenty of room in it. Uh, their congregation had gotten down to just a few people and they had a bunch of Sunday school rooms and a big fellowship hall they weren't using. So there was about five families that lived right down there where I lived at. It was all family. And we all packed up and went up to the church and was staying up there during the hurricane course then we heard the water was rising and then uh we heard the water had risen quite a bit and we ended up at that church for like three months staying there and uh, uh my daughter had already told me that my wife and i could come and stay with her if we wanted to so uh uh um i was kind of waiting on my son to see what he was going to do because uh he was him and his wife and two kids were staying with us when the flood happened. So I was waiting to see what they were going to do before I left. And so finally they got a, uh, they found a place that they could stay. And so, so we moved here to uh, Fayetteville with my daughter. How much of your cocoa stuff, stuff got messed up? Everything but one cocoa three. I had three cocoa threes. I had just gotten the third one. And that's why it wasn't with the rest of them. I had them all packed up in a huge tote. I mean, this is one of these big, too big to, to stack up totes, you know, it's, uh, like a big construction tote. And uh, uh, I had all my cocoa stuff packed up in it because uh, we were, they were having band rehearsals in my studio and there just wasn't room for it. So I had packed it all up temporarily. And I had gotten a, a cocoa from Henry from the mailing list. And, uh, he, uh, when I got it, I stuck it up on a shelf and it was sitting about nine foot up in the air. So it was the only thing that didn't get wasted except for maybe a few little hardware bits that were sitting on a shelf. But, uh, there was two cocoa threes, an MPI, a CM eight, two cocoa twos, a cocoa one, uh, all kinds of switchers and, joysticks and carts and just uh, a uh, uh, I can't remember what kind of hard drive it was. It was uh, the hard drives no longer worked, but the uh, I still had the controller and all for it. Which, matter of fact, I think the controller is still sitting on the shelf, so it might be okay. And so does your house still exist? Only it's uh, yeah, it's still there. It's uh, it was a mobile home, and uh, it's 
it's trashed. I mean, it's the the sheetrock's just kind of hanging there, and uh, it's the water got up five foot or about five and a half foot on the inside, and you consider it set about three foot up off the ground. So the the water was over eight foot outside. And it's it's hard to imagine your yard being eight foot deep in water. Yeah. And everything you own floating away. (laughs) Is is that when you moved from developing on hardware to to doing most of your development on um, VCC? No, actually, I've used VCC all along. Uh, I always had the hardware sitting there because I keep everything connected through drive wire. So I get something going. In just a few seconds, I can have it running on hardware. Mm-hmm. But uh, I like to use VCC because uh, mostly I work it in, in OS9 right to start with. And uh, uh, the editor that I use in VCC, I can overclock VCC, and the editor is instantaneous, <laughs> and it's just like typing on a PC. So <laughs> it makes it a whole lot easier when I'm sitting there working. 25. And so. You accelerated to 25 megahertz? Uh, no, I brought it at 89. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now, if I'm using the Cocoa 3 FPGA, I'll, I'll run it at, at uh, 25. Uh, matter of fact, uh, that also survived, my Cocoa 3 FPGA. It was sitting on my desk in my studio, but it was in the cardboard box that had been shipped to me in inside the foam inside in plastic and the box floated because of the the foam inside of it and the foam got damp and everything in it got got damp but didn't get wet yeah uh, in looking at it the only thing i see that i'm probably going to have to clean up before i start it up is the uh pins on the uh switches there's what is it like five or six switches on the side of it and the pins on the switches are tin and they've rusted a little bit so i'm going to uh spray them down with some contact cleaner and take a soft wire brush and kind of lightly go over them and clean the rust off of them and other than that it it doesn't look like it's damaged at all i'm hoping it'll crank right up uh in the live chat uh dave phillipson says uh Bill helped me a whole bunch on the Coco 3 FPGA wiki page. Thanks again, Bill. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like Dave. Dave's, Dave's a great guy. I've enjoyed working with him. Uh, we've done a lot of emailing back and forth when we were working on getting the the uh, Nitros 9 uh, set up to go on the Coco 3 FPGA. So what do you think of the ease-of-use version? I am glad they're doing what they're doing because I applaud Curtis and Bill. They're they're doing great work on it. But as far as it being ease-of-use, I don't see it. Because <laughs> yeah. you, you still you boot up an OS 9. And, uh, and you use the keyboard. Yeah, right. You do the same thing you always did. It's still just yeah. as hard to make a boot disk as it always is. Yeah. And that's the major downfall everybody has with OS 9 to start with is a boot disk. Because yeah. you've got to have a boot disk personalized to your system. And that's been everybody's problem. 
Yeah, I think I think, and this and Nick uh, Morentes, who's on the panel, could maybe comment because it was his his idea, or or at least his he uh, pushed for it, is to get the <laughs> ca- the casual user who wants to run some Sierra games and who wants to to launch some OS nine games without knowing anything really about the command line, that they can just go in and kind of uh, click away, right, and try stuff out. Um, and but there, but Curtis is also working on um, you know speed improvements that would benefit power users like yourself. So I think I think the goal yeah. is to eventually merge that into the main, you know, main. Yeah, that's what Curtis has told me, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that because uh, I've I've played around with their speed ups a little bit, and it's, it definitely makes a difference. You know, uh, if I can ever get my boot disk editor finished then it would be great to have that on there people could make boots in just a few minutes yeah i mean one of the things with with your programs you know you have you took over ultimuse and you have these um you know kind of mind-blowing features like being able to update over drive wire you know over the internet um which is part of my pitch for why, and when I'm talking to Dave Phillipson about Wi-Fi or other ways to have the cocoa always connected, uh, I point to what you what you're doing to say that that's the future. Uh, you know that when we have yeah. cocos that are always connected to the internet, then you can do live updates and things like that. And I know Curtis wants to even do that with uh, ease of use. Um, yeah, yeah. You could even uh, do FTP downloads. The only problem there is with that right now is a lot of your FTP sites are going to, you know, certain levels of security to where mm-hmm. you can't just direct download anymore. That was like, uh, take Dropbox, for instance. Uh, I used to keep all my files on Dropbox because I could put a link up, people could download. Well, now if you put a link up in Dropbox, people go there, didn't. You get offered to join Dropbox, and you got to agree to it. You got to do all this. It's not a direct download, so you can't directly download it to the Cocoa anymore. And um, I was doing my internet updates from there, and luckily somebody in Cocoa Group offered me a some free web space and basically told me it was kind of unlimited. Put what I wanted on there, and I've started using that. And any links you see me post, that's where that's going to is that website. Or that server, you know, uh, if you can, if you've got FTPs that don't have the the security and the uh, uh, say like the Cocoa archives, that's basically a website. You know, that's not a FTP, so uh, you couldn't download things directly from it unless you already knew the link in advance. Mm-hmm. Then I think you could actually download it directly. But you would have to know the link in advance. You you can get a directory. DriveWire will do a directory over a normal FP, FTP, which is really cool. I mean, you used to do it on Artsy, and then uh, Artsy beefed up their security, and you can't do it on Artsy anymore. It'll come back and tell you you don't have permission. I've even got uh, security clearance on there to where I can uh, move files around on Artsy. Uh, uh, Alan, the guy who runs it, he uh, gave me security a long time ago to do some cleanup on there, and I never got around to it. But uh, 
Uh, I can't even download by putting my password and all in. I've tried all kinds of things. Now, the um, is the latest version of Ultimus on your website for people? Uh, yeah, it should be. Uh, I probably need to update it because I found a bug and something on it. I don't remember what it was and fixed it, and I probably need to update that. Okay, because we it's want not to... something you would normally run into, but well, uh, for people that don't know what that is, can you explain what it is? Thank you, right, Ultimus. Yeah. It's a sixteen-track MIDI sequencer. It, uh, it's uh, software. Yeah, it's software. It's totally, you can run MIDI out the serial port or out of MIDI pack or through DriveWire. Uh, I mostly do MIDI these days through DriveWire. I know Brian knows Ultimus pretty well. <laughs> Brian and I talk through email quite a bit. It's good to see your face. <laughs> but uh, uh, it has... Uh, what is it? Seven different staff types in the latest version, I think. And you nice. can have as many staffs on on screen as you want. So you can basically do out arrangements. You can put horns on one staff. You can put you know guitars on one staff, bass on one staff, percussion on one staff. And it's it's pretty amazing what Mike put into that software. I mean, it's and then you look at the source code and it's it's mind boggling. Uh, I printed up the source code at one point on uh, uh, just standard 8 by 11 paper. And I only printed one side of the paper, but printing up all the files in the source code, it took a five-inch binder to hold all the source Wow. It is huge. There's over 150 files in the sources, which make up 13... Actual files, but uh, Mike's pretty much a, a genius at C programming. And in, ter- in terms of connect co- connectivity, so if you're if you're using DriveWire and you're running the MIDI over DriveWire, so what are you doing on the PC? Are you? Uh, there's all kinds of software synths, mm-hmm. uh, synthesizers that you can download. Uh, uh, on Windows, Microsoft has one built in. Is uh, the Microsoft uh, GS software synth? Uh, uh, DriveWire. I mean Java. The Java uh, that you download to run DriveWire on also has one. I think it's called the Gerbil synth. And uh, then there's all kinds of free synths you can download on the internet, and uh, uh, you can also run. I I use it to run through my PC sequencer that I use in the studio. I set up virtual instruments on it and actually run real time from the Cocoa and run the virtual instruments and get really nice quality sound. If I had had it set up right now, I'd demonstrate it, but I don't have anything set up like that right now. Yeah, Curtis is saying in the chat, DriveWire uses the PC as the MIDI synthesizer itself with Cocoa supplying the MIDI stream to actually play. Yeah. Um, now, originally, I wanted to because I had a keyboard that had only USB MIDI, so I wanted to uh-huh. connect my keyboard to the PC, and then con- and then have that somehow talk to the Coco over DriveWire. You can wire. do it. You can do it. And I couldn't figure that out. Now I don't have that any that keyboard anymore, so uh-huh. I'm I'm probably going to get a Yamaha MX88, 
which has uh, physical, you know, MIDI ports. So I could. Yeah, what you there's uh, you need a MIDI loopback program, mm. and what this does is, is it, it takes any MIDI coming in, and you can route it out to whatever ports you have available, and it, it's kind of like just a jumper software. Uh, I use one. Uh, let's see, what's the name of it? Uh, it's right here. It's running right now. I use one. It's called Loop B, L O O P B E. Okay. And uh, uh, you can any MIDI ports you have on your machine, you can route any input you have to any output you have. And it's really nice. So say you've got the driver set up for your USB MIDI. You've got DriveWire coming in. In DriveWire, you pick your configuration for the loop B output. And then in loop B, you just uh, point it point it to you, your MIDI, your USB MIDI, and it go right through. Okay, because that way you could mix, even if, I, even if I got the Yamaha MX-88, I could attach that via USB to the computer and then mix Coco sounds with other sounds, you know, right... And I could do something. You could with the right software. Yeah, you would, yeah, yeah. You multiple in- inputs because uh, obviously, if you connect the uh, keyboard directly to Coco, then you've uh, you're limited to uh, that one way uh, to uh, you know that A to B connection. Um, mm-hmm. Curtis is saying you can also do it right out of the Bitbanger to a synthesizer or through. Oh yeah, a MIDI hardware sure. card. That's the way I ran for years. I couldn't afford a MIDI pack, so I had a, 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 a cable, and it went directly from the Bitbanger port to the keyboard. And that's Like I said, that's the way I ran for years. I had a, a Yamaha a PRS 500 keyboard, and uh, it had general MIDI on it, and so I could run all my instruments off of it. And you can also, apparently, you can uh, modify an RS-232 pack <laughs> to get to the right baud rate. Um, yep. So th- the other thing I talked to you, uh, or I, I mentioned you on Facebook about, was there was a MIDI card run done in 2016, and um, it was right before I joined the community. So now now I'd really love a MIDI, a MIDI cartridge, uh, but I don't know if that's yeah. going to be produced again. Yeah, that guy kind of disappeared. What was his name? Uh, J J. It was a J word, like Jason or yeah, yeah. Uh, was it Jason Lee Steer? Yeah, that was him. Yeah, Jason Lee Steer. Yeah, yeah. Titanium Studios. He, yeah, he he just kind of disappeared all of a sudden. He was talking about his mini packs one minute, and the next minute you couldn't get a hold of him. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I was hoping a lot of people got mini packs so that. Yeah, there'd be more interest in the MIDI because I I thoroughly enjoyed doing it. Which you know, so Bill, do you have a lot of music that you've done um, that you've recorded and uh, you haven't distributed, or just for your own enjoyment, or what? I did have a lot of stuff, and I had a major hard drive crash with no backup on a on a uh, the, uh, terabyte drive that I had, and it was basically just about full of original music and cover songs and stuff like that and plus stuff I had recorded for other people and and did the normal thing of no backups and 
and uh, the hard drive crashed and I lost all of that. And uh, so I've kind of started over now. I've got I do drive with no backups, <laughs> but uh, yeah, <laughs> you haven't learned a bit, huh? <laughs> no, I like living on the edge. You know, <laughs> musicians don't have no time for those stinking backups. <laughs> We're writing music. Yeah, yeah. I'm sitting here, I'm right here behind me. There's like about 14 guitars sitting there, and uh, uh, there's a big keyboard sitting on the counter right below where those tools are hanging behind me on the cam. Uh, there's a big 88 key keyboard sitting there, which right now it's being repaired. Uh, but, uh, so you so got, have you, you? Oh, go ahead, Ron. Uh, well, have you um, talked with uh, Dave O'Connor much? A little here and there. He's a little bit obsessed with a keyboard thing going on. Yeah, he's he's got a nice <laughs> setup. I envy his setup. He's, he's yeah, really yeah. got. But the type of music that he does, you need that kind of setup. Mm-hmm. He's that. I'm I'm more into more mainstream type stuff, so I don't really need that kind of setup. I'd I'd give anything for a Hammond V3 though. That's for sure. Uh, we have a question in the chat. If you plan to produce any game music for the uh, the cart the cartridge chip, I, I, I think uh, the Coco PSG, the Yamaha OPL3, any of the new sound chips, the uh, well, the, the, the game the master cartridge. Is, the problem is you have to have them to be able to program for. It. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is and, the problem. <laughs> and when you're when you're just uh, 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 when you're basically living in a garage, it's kind of hard to do. So you're you're I'll get around, I'll get around to I'm it. I'm hearing you're open minded to it. <laughs> oh yeah, I'd, I'd definitely be willing to program some game music for somebody that needs game music. I, I wouldn't hesitate. Uh, and then and then so you, so we have uh, there's a new version of of Ultimuse, the MIDI sequencer for OS nine. Uh, and then you have uh, a new version of M Shell, an update for M Shell, which is, uh, well, describe what M Shell is. <laughs> That's kind of hard, but uh, basically, right now, what's been released is just a file manager. But if we get into M Shell, uh, explaining the file manager would probably take about an hour and a half. But uh, basically, it allows you to move files back and forth between your PC, uh, RS-DOS, and any OS 9 drive you have. I mean, it, uh, it would it would even do FTPs if I knew where an FTP was that, that would you know, give me directory listings like it should, like they used to. Because you, you, could, you could get a direct directory listing from an, an FTP from command line. But uh, you can't, can't do that much anymore because of all the security stuff they've got on them now. But uh, uh, basically, the file manager will allow you to move things anywhere. And uh, uh, it does batch copies. You can copy you know, 50, 100 files if you want at one time. You, know, you just mark them all. You could go to a directory and tell it to mark all of them. It'll mark all the files, and it's like you got two panels. You... Uh, Set your other panel to the directory you want to copy to, 
and just click copy and it copies everything directly to that uh, panel. And so, uh, yeah, so if we, you know, I know we have previous versions on ease of use for Ultimuse and uh, M-Shell, um, and if we get the new version... Yeah, the, the Ultimuse is probably the most recent. Yeah. Because that, that's been, that release has been there for a while. Like I said, I've got one little bug fix I think I did, and uh, I just hadn't put it up, but it's not nothing major that would be a showstopper or anything. It's something that you get to do some really erratic stuff to run into. I was doing some erratic stuff when I found it. Have you tested either of those programs in the ease of use betas? Uh, Not really. I was... I was more running the system and running my software on the system to see, you know, if I noticed a difference and that some things definitely run smoother. I mean, I could see the graphics definitely were smoother and things seemed to scroll just a little faster. Well, now we have VCC version C that uh, will run the um, EOU better. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, those 6309 fixes are looking nice. All right, well, you know, uh, we got to thank Waters and Body for that, for sure. He he was doing it in the OVCC, and uh, he sent me the file so that I could put it into the to the uh, VCC build and, and get it going there. Hey, do you know anything about uh, the Bjork version <laughs> of VCC? That um, was actually the original title. Of VCC, but it had nothing and to do with. It, he named it that because uh, he said uh, Steve inspired him. Oh, as far as a programmer, and uh, from what I understand, Steve asked him not to name it that, and so he changed it to VCC. Okay, because I um, I think the original version is on the Christmas DVD that uh, Roger Taylor. Yeah, it's it's made. almost <laughs> almost non functional. Because that was like uh, version like zero, uh, zero. <laughs> yeah. And because he changed it pretty early on in the game. I mean, I I remember running, I don't know, version one something, and it was like one point oh one or something like that. And it was already VCC then. Mm-hmm. But, Curtis uh, yeah, but, has uh, a question for Bill. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Mark. Well, uh, he said, ask Bill, how is RS-DOS game graphic programming going? Like the hardware scrolling stuff you've been fiddling with. Well, I haven't done anything else in it. I'm playing around with an idea, and if it works, then I might try to do something. But uh, I'm, I'm still kind of feeling my way around because I'm so used to, in, in OS 9, everything's done for you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's already the wheel has already been invented, and all you got to do is system calls to get it going. It's like a highway act without the safety net. Mm-hmm. Bill, Bill yeah. did you ever hook up with uh, Paul Barton much? Uh, actually, I've been talking to him a little bit right here lately. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Paul's here. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I see him sitting over there. <laughs> yeah. 
So, so yeah, it's, it's more of a struggle, right? You got to write every 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 single thing for the six eight oh nine six three oh nine to do. Yeah, uh, working at RSDOS is definitely a different story, and uh, I'm used to having you know disk drivers sitting there that all I got to do is do a write command and, and it writes. And instead, you've got to interface either into RSDOS or write your own uh, you know code for disk drives. <clears throat> All that stuff gets monotonous after a while. I want I want to write software. I don't want to write drivers. That's right. <laughs> you hear that, Nick you're, Morentes? <laughs> you're supposed to write the drivers once and then use them for all your future projects. <laughs> yep. Well, Paul's got a bunch of hard drives hooked to his machine. <laughs> he does. <laughs> Multiple mini. Yeah. Well, uh, Bill, I, I have a question. So if we want to uh, optimize um, Ultimuse um, um, M-Shell for ease of use and we want to interact with you, um, is fa- is Facebook the only way? Are you, gonna, are you planning to join the Discord server? Uh, what's the best way to kind of go back and forth? Uh, uh, I'm on Facebook at least two or three times a day. I don't have it on my phone, so... Uh, I don't, I have to actually log in on my computer, but, uh, uh, also I monitor the mail list. Okay. And, uh, uh, that's, I don't get into too many of the like chat systems and stuff like that. Uh, I really, if it's a matter of, of finding time to do stuff like that, you know, like Facebook, I can go over there, scroll a few minutes, find out who's doing what. <laughs> get off and go back to doing what I was doing. Whereas uh, you get to talking to people, you end up talking to them for hours. Yeah, well, I hate to Start tell you, dumpster fires. Yeah, you might you might uh, like Discord too much. Then I have a feeling uh, because there's there's some pretty heavy technical details and OS nine channel and all sorts of things. So um, yeah, maybe you're maybe you're wise to to stick with Facebook, but hopefully you'll be you're supportive to us getting that uh, Curtis getting the getting those programs working well. Yeah, uh, uh, Curtis, you get up with me anytime, and he knows how to get up with me. All right, all right. Well, any anyone else on the panel have a question for Bill? Or we can um, anyone, or we can take a break and. Uh, one more thing, Bill. So, um, what does the future look like for yourself? Are you going to get another place to live, or um, are you going to set up actually, a bunch of cocoa stuff? Or actually, my daughter is having this garage that I'm in right now. It's going to be remodeled into an apartment, and my wife and I will be living here. But uh, I'm hoping that I can sell my land back home where my home was at. And if I sell that land, then I'm putting the uh, building out back and, and starting me another studio and I'll have all my cocoa stuff set up out there, which I've gotten to drag that stuff, that cocoa stuff from back home and see how much of it can be repaired or whatever. Because uh, basically oh, it just got always, wet. A always a possibility. Yeah. Also, it's, it's possible that it can, it can crank right up and maybe after a little cleaning, but what you have to remember is that stuff set for almost two weeks in water that was uh, river water from overflowed hog farms, septic <laughs> tanks, waste treatment plants. I mean, wow. the water was pure acid. 
And, oh, um, not good. Yeah, it's, it wasn't just war. <laughs> it was, I mean, they were they were telling people, if you swallow this water, please go have yourself checked out. You know, people that might have fell in while rescuing somebody or something or fell in while trying to get rescued. You know, basically the water was poisoned. Also, you might think about land a little bit higher, you know, like another 1,500 feet. Well, that's that's why I'm at. I, I moved two hours away from there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm living in Fayetteville, which is like mid-state. I'm no longer on the coast. Had to get out of there. All right. Well, why don't we uh, why don't we take a break and hopefully you can stay on as long as you as long as you can, uh, Bill. We're going to go through some news and um, and feel free to chime in and. Um, at any time. All right. Well, I got to kind of take a break myself. I have to get up and walk around every so often. That's but, right. Uh, and I'm thinking, but uh, Brandavo may have to pee uh, by now. <laughs> so, Let's do it. Uh, we always want to. We always want right. to be sensitive to that. All right. We'll be right back after these uh, messages. Hello, this is Grant Leedy with Coco Talk. Got your Coco 3 yet? From the makers of the Switcheroo. Wallaby Cable. Color Computer 3 Dual RGB Cable. Get yours today at cocoman.biz. Fletcher, I don't need that report tomorrow. Great, JT. I need it tonight. But, JT... Fletcher saved $300 on her office away from the office. Radio Shack's revolutionary Model 100 computer. It's a word processor, phone directory, and dialer. It even communicates with the office computer. Fletcher, how's that report? Fletcher. Radio Shack's Model 100. Save $300 and put it to work. You'll go far, Fletcher. <laughs> You'll go far. Tired of switching your joystick between the left and right port? Want to change between different controllers? Well, Joey has got you covered. The Joey Controller Switch. Take control of your controllers with the flip of two switches. Order today at CocoMan.biz. As you start your journey to Coco Fest, you notice the road ahead is littered with rogue furniture. You realize you are driving on the Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. The game for the Tandy Color Computer 1, 2, and 3. Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. Stunning low-resolution visuals, digital to analog converted sound, 100% machine language, and basic. What are they saying about Nightmare Highway? Nightmare Highway. Steve B. York says, of all the games released this year, this is one of them. Elkert S. Boyle says, this will not be on my site. Nick Marionette says, crikey, look at the size of that crock. Get your complimentary copy of... Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. At cancanmakeit.com. If you got it for free, you paid too much. And we're we're back. 
and I wanted to thank Bill, uh, and also I, I wanted to thank him. Hopefully we made him feel welcome, and he'll, he'll come back on uh, many times uh, in the future. I'm sure we're going to have more questions for him. Uh, any Anyone else uh, have anything they want to jump in with, or I think we can uh, maybe go to news. What is uh Brian, you're, you're good? I feel like Brian was going to say something. Can anyone hear me? Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we I can't hear you, Brian. I can't hear you. Sorry. <laughs> I can hear you. Okay. My deepest condolences. <laughs> yes. Well, Brian, <laughs> do you know sign language, Brian? Because pantomime, pantomime. This is a well-oiled mm. machine. Two two syllables, first word. <laughs> Just yeah. tap your hoof two times. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, well, Brian will have a lot to say. Uh, you can reach him on Facebook and many other uh, places. 139 episodes, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't heard a damn thing. <laughs> we still haven't figured out our, our audio systems. Uh, anyway, I think it's time for news. Al Curtis Boyle could not be here uh, today, so you'll be hearing uh, from random members of the panel. Okay. What a quality show. That's right. So, let's... uh, I am going to try something that uh, could be very dangerous. So, let's see here. I am going to... Try to share. Okay, does do people see my screen when I do Swell that? Swell foop. Swell foop in multiple windows. Okay, so then um, that's good. So now I want to do. I think, I think I want to do this. Okay, does that look okay, Mark? Um, under the circumstances. Did I lose you, Mark? Yes, you did. What do you want me to do? <laughs> That's our producer, uh, Mark Overholzer, right there in the booth. <laughs> um, okay. uh, Mark, does, it, does this look okay? There's no infinity effect or anything like that? It looks fine to it's me. A, it's, oh. a sta- it's a stable picture. Okay. Yeah, and stream looks good, too. So. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, first on our news. Yes. Make it so, number one. Yes, sir. Uh, first on our news story, and then I'll increase the size of the video here. Uh, Henry Wrightveld has a video showing him using the direct modem pack on his Tano Dragon, using the Coco SDC with Dragon ROM, and connecting with a Coco to a Coco with an RS-232 pack, and then communicating between the two. So let's give a, a look-see as to that. Yeah, do share just your browser window. Yeah. Okay. Don't. I'm back. Oh, there it is. There you go. Okay, Mark. Uh, can you? What are we doing here with uh, 
with this? What are we communicating with? Oh, uh, this is Henry Reichbelt, uh showing using direct modem pack on his town of Dragon. Is that what this is? This is like a game. It looks like a game. Um, maybe it's a network game. <laughs> no, this is item number. This is item number two you're looking at right now. Ah, oh. somebody jumped the gun, so to speak. Ah, let's try this again. Professional show, everyone. Uh, here we go. Let's. Um... So first on first on our list. I thought this was Christmas, not Groundhog Day. <laughs> uh, first, first on our list, and I'll make it uh, a new a new list over here. Okay, first on our list is Henry Reichbeld and his communication uh, engineering skills, his networking engineering skills with a Tano Dragon. Here we go. Share the browser screen. That'll work too. Okay. That an authentic Coco keyboard? Sounds like it. Sounds like it. Okay, we got the second computer here. Case saying hello, and there it is. Okay. All right, uh, he was using the direct uh, connect modem pack with his Tano Dragon and uh, Coco STC with another Coco. Great uh, job there. And we will go back to Jim Gary has an update to his MC10 game Swell Foop. You may have uh, seen this earlier in the show, which is a low resolution game originally for the Vidit Pack C7420. And has gameplay similar to Todd Wallace's upcoming Coco 3 game, Click-O-Mania. And this version is slightly uh, sped up. And it's a newer version. And so we'll look at that. So if it's if it's similar to the uh, Lord Dragons game for the Coco 3, you're picking out colors that have uh, corresponding um, uh, blocks of colors next to them. And then I guess um, these are going to drop, right? Anyone on the panel, feel free to. That is correct. Yes, <laughs> yes, that is correct, sir. Yes, the, the blocks drop down. Uh, whatever colors match blocks drop, and your goal is to eliminate all the colors. I don't mind if people on the panel take um, uh, um, naps, but you can't all take a nap at the same time. That's my only rule. All right, who's got the yeah. schedule? Yes, that's right. You can get the same game in Linux. Okay. It's the same game. 
So it sounds like uh, this is a very popular uh, different puzzle game. So uh, we will uh, provide the links uh, for this in the chat. I'm working on it. Have to edit for content links. 200 character limit on YouTube. Okay. I think we get the, the point of this game, though, and it looks like it's very well done for the MC-10. And we, uh, we will go to the next Jim Gary game on our list. It's in uh, called Battle at Sea, uh, converted from the CP-400 to the MC-10. Now, can somebody tell me what a CP-400 is? That is a Brazilian clone of the Coco. Ah, thank you. So uh, that is why it's called um, Batala Nomar. It's correct. And it is amazing what Jim can can do on the MC-10. It is. Now, Nick Mariota, feel free to be color there because I'm uh, trying to post the links and stuff for these things. So. Yes, uh, Nick Mariota, don't be shy. <laughs> I don't know a whole lot about this game, but uh, yeah, definitely. There's been um, a bit of resurgence in MC10 interest in our in our group. Other people have been. I think it really helps that Jim Gary is doing so many conversions and stuff. Yeah, and like yeah, think about a platform. It's like, well, what is there interesting? Oh, there's tons of stuff that's interesting. Because that's actually why I asked John earlier about the MCX128 because people have been looking for RAM expansions and that's so they can run stuff like this. So it's pretty interesting to see. Yeah. Well, that you know, Ed Snyder started out with uh, the MC10 on, on his various projects, and then uh, look where he is today. He's he's creating motherboards and uh, and all sorts of things. So, Jim, Gary, you can get uh, those games um, from him. Uh, Richard Kelly has uploaded a program and documentation. Wait, well, did, you, Wait. did you get tut tut? Yeah, tut tut. One more game. You didn't download the latest copy of the news. I thought I, I thought I had the latest copy. Okay. Nope. Can we do tut tut at the end, or is that required to do right this minute? Mm-hmm. Ten demerits. Yes. Go ahead. <laughs> you want to anger Curtis? You go right ahead. I don't. Is Curtis? You know, a very, Curtis, you know how Curtis gets behind the scenes. I don't think Curtis well, particularly cares about the order. I I don't think so. <laughs> All right, I thought I thought I had the latest version. I but, just I just posted the stuff in the latest Zoom in the Zoom chat. Zoom okay. Chat. Okay. Thank you very much. Richard Kelly uh, has. Uploaded program and documentation for something called Automate by Roger Smith, which was originally a TND software subscription release. And it allows you to prepend semi-graphic screens uh, while your program's loading. So there is a, a DSK image, uh, and then there is some uh, instructions, which I'm going to load up and um, make bigger here. Let's see if I can do that. And uh, I don't know if I can make it bigger, but I think you can. You can see that the instructions are available, um, and you know, hopefully, uh, we can get an example of how that would look. But I think it's pretty clear that you could. You'll have something on the screen when you be loading in semi-graphics, so that's pretty handy. And you can find that on Facebook. Um, we've got a. A potpourri, a, uh, a just an embarrassment of riches from Chet Simpson this week. Chet, are you out there? 
Yes, as a matter of fact, I am. Well, that, that's great because because this first video is 52 minutes long. I, I know I, I liked it on YouTube because I do want to actually watch the entire thing because I want to learn more about Tiled. But there is a is there a particular um, section of this video that you would like to highlight for the show? Um, no, uh, not, not really. I mean, the, the whole the whole video was really just a discussion, um, uh, an ad, really an ad hoc discussion between um, uh, Paul and myself. I had some materials that I was doing for a tutorial, uh, and he wanted to get familiar with you know some of the tools, particularly the ones that I was using for uh, for Digger. And you can actually see one of the uh, one of the test levels there. Um, and so, I mean, really, the whole thing is just a, a general overview of, of you know the, the, the tool and, and how to, to set it up, at least for the you know for the tiles and the, the type of output that it generates. Um, and this is uh, this is one of I actually I keep meaning to get the latest version uh, pushed out to uh, to GitHub. Uh, unfortunately, with you know me, me uh, being hyper focused on uh, on Digger, uh, I haven't had a chance to uh, to get to that uh, quite yet. Can, can we talk about this screen right here? Mm-hmm. Digger's awesome, by the way. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, the the one that you're seeing there uh, is just the uh, the tiled map editor itself, along with um, uh, you know the, the the video from you know myself and and, and Paul. Um, but I'm just going over the uh, you know kind of the layout of you know how I have things you know arranged within um, within Digger and how they translate to uh, uh, to what I do with you know basically creating a, uh, a definition file to define how all of that data within that map file gets translated over to the to the color computer and then actually you know translating it over you know processing it uh, conver- at, uh, uh, at some stages converting it for the uh, uh, for the tiles and for all of the the, the imagery. Uh, that all gets converted down to uh, a similar language, and then built into uh, you know either a, bi- a flat binary or pro- further processed uh, to uh, uh, to add it into a pack. Uh, so that, and, and if you look uh, you know at all of the uh, the binaries that, that or that I've released for you know, for the demo, um, that is all kind of actually reflected there. So if 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 you know I wanted to change some of these rings and I want to make them something else or spikes. Or something. What what then happens to the to the output? I mean, how how does that how does that get over to the game so it knows that there's no longer a ring there? There's something else. Is it just an it, just an image, or does it? You said it had code code with it. Yeah, for. For this in particular, when you when you create a tile set, you want to have a, a set of attributes uh, you know associated with it. you know in this particular case, the ones that I was going over with uh, with Paul, were things like you know the, is it diggable, is it climbable, um, you know the, uh, attributes like that, and then actually assigning them to the tile. So what happens is is that if you wanted to change something, say uh, you know from uh, from a uh, from that ring over to say the, the the spikes, you just go ahead and click it on on. You know the, the the area over there on the right, and then and then you know select it onto the uh, or you know drop it onto the map, and then all of that gets translated because each of, each of those are in order in a particular way and how they're stored. So and and tiled automatically assigns them a uh, a unique ID, and then there's those attributes associated with it. So what the conversion tool does is it goes in and consolidates all of those IDs, gives you a list of them, um, takes all of those attributes, converts them into something that you can use. You know data structures, um, you know code symbolics, and and all of that, so you you don't get confused um, and don't have to go through and, and and change anything manually. And then you can include that into your own code. So if I wanted to take say this level, I would generate it um, as a series of SCB statements and each 
each set of elements in this map would be saved out. All of those those orange boxes, which are, are one layer, those are the the, uh, the, the various creatures. Uh, the blue ones are the bats. The red ones are the gomers. Um, you'll see a couple of gray ones in those. Those are actually coming from a different uh, layer for, for overlays. And those are all pro uh, uh, separated out by the conversion tool and then generated into a series of FCB statements that you can either include directly into your, uh, your, your uh, application or you can uh, generate a, a, a raw uh, binary file from and it. And the it, conversion tool is tiled is doing that? No, the conversion tool that that uh, that I've created is actually handling all of that that conversion process. Okay. Uh, tile just tiled it just allows you to author the content, and that's great. But the problem is, is that you know the 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 format that it saves it in you know, it saves it in XML. That there are a few features in there that uh, uh, don't really translate well, so I'm not really supporting them yet. Um, so they're all stored in XML. They're stored in really kind of a common format for that particular tool, and that other developers using modern uh, or doing modern game development can use. Uh, but that doesn't translate well over to the color computer. So you're taking all of that and consolidating it and being able to translate it in, you know, with a single tool or a single series of tools uh, makes it much easier because things like the, you know, the, that tile set, you have all of those attributes to it, you have all the imagery to it. Well, you want to be able to take all of that, all of your levels, process them at the same time and spit out one set of, of you know, data that, that that's you know as optimized and as common uh, to one another as possible, and that's what I'm. I'm uh, my goal is for this particular tool, and at this stage, we uh, I've gotten to the point where you know in this screen that you're looking at right now, this is how I'm defining all of that data that's coming from the uh, from the tiles and from the uh, from the map itself. So it allows me to map that into a, a data that's readable by the code trans. This is kind of a, a middleware layer that that allows that that translation to happen. And, and did you say that the the conversion tool is something you're going to be publishing to GitHub, or op is that gonna, that part going to be open source? Yeah, the 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 whole set of tools up there is, um, and it's really kind of a prototype at this point. But all the set of tools that I've got is is up on GitHub already, and has been for uh, I guess a little over a year now. Um, but the newer version that I've got that, that's handling some of the newer stuff and some of the things that I've encountered and added to, to support, uh, you know, Digger, um, and to make it a little more generic so that there, some of that hard coded stuff in there that I was doing for Digger is no longer, um, you know, kind of fixed. So it allows, you know, a lot more flexibility. So that stuff needs to be pushed out to GitHub and I need to release a binary for it. Okay. I'm just flipping through. Here's some assembly code. Yeah, that's the code that's generated by the tool. All that's right. that yeah that's all of the data that right there is uh that um that right there is object data those are for from the uh from the object layer that one right there is um that big long line between the comments that big series of lines between the comments that is a, a goo monster i can't i mean i can't see it i, I i'm all <laughs> it's all small and blurred on mine but yeah, yeah that yeah. size is a uh that's either a dirt monster or a goo monster so okay um uh, so Mark will post that link and and um, I encourage you if you're interested to uh, take a look and watch the whole video and that's what I plan to do. Um, and one of the things I'm sorry, makes uh, tile editor. one of the things I'm hoping to do with this is that by the fest, yeah, that that you guys will be able to actually drop in your own graphics and be able to change the you know the the, the digger game with your own levels and your own tiles. Okay, great. And, and the I, you can you can Google it, uh, Mark. Um, I. I think I forgot the it's it's just tiled um, editor. It should come right up. Is it the mapeditor.org? Yes, that's, that's it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got that one. Okay. Just triple checking because I couldn't see any screenshots. In that <laughs> yeah. No. No worries. Um, how do I go to full screen with? It's a it's an F command, and I forgot mm. which one. 
F- oh, oh, yes. For Firefox. F11. Is it? <laughs> ah, there we go. So, uh, Chet, uh, talk talk to us about Nortel and the StarTalk XT. Oh, this is a nice little voices board um, uh, that was uh, manufactured for, for Nortel. It appears to actually be a PBX um, controlling system. Now, the the nice, interesting thing is that the, the, the CPU is is an EF sixty eight or nine. It's it, it like you know I said last week is is you know it's supposed to be sixty eight or nine compatible now. As soon as I get this booted up, I'm going to find out what's on it. But it does have um, so, some some interesting specs. It's got one meg of, of uh, 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 SIM memory. It looks like it's seven thirty. I remember right, and I believe that it can take up to four megs. Um, it might be eight, but I think that those those partic- that particular uh, board only takes uh, four. Um, it's got six um, pulse width modulation controllers. And I'm not really sure what those were, were actually used for, um, but I'm, I'm sure that it has something to do with the you know some of the the, the phone equipment that it might have might have been hooked up to. It does have 16k of static RAM, and it does actually have a real time clock. I did find the chip for that. Um, and, and I looked it up, and it does have one. The battery seems to be in pretty good condition, um, so I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. And it does have a pretty good-sized ROM. I didn't peel, take the label off of it, um, but a board like this is... Um, uh, I don't know what they would have been running on if, if it wasn't... Uh, and here, here on the right, you can see the uh, the, the two surrogate ports in the bottom and then the VME style. Uh, those are actually ISA slots, but they're VME connectors. Um, there's five of those, and then there's three of the I, uh, standard ISA connectors. So, and I, I've actually seen some some stuff on uh, on the internet where people have, uh, connected uh, an EGA, uh, uh, just a standard EGA ISA card to this, and, and it it does they've been able to get you know video uh, display on it. So, and there's the uh, the one meg of, of memory. All right. Okay. So that's yeah, a nice little board. I'm really excited to uh, to, to get that up in it and. Um, uh, Eric Gavrilik made a, a comment last week that the uh, that memory could could certainly be used for um, uh, uh, voice data or audio data, um, you know, prompts and stuff like that that they would want to, uh, to to preload. So it's certainly possible that that memory is is not actually mapped into the address space of the uh, of the 6809. So that's because uh, there are some other memory chips on there um, that uh, that could uh, that would certainly be utilized for you know by the cpu so we'll see once i get the board set up and actually get something useful running on it but that won't happen uh, after diggers released all right well i mean i the most important thing is the real-time clock yes absolutely the fact that it has one of those is spectacular because um you know and i i would really 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 love to get a bbs running on something like this and having a real-time clock on a BBS is, is absolutely important, important, especially especially if you want to run that BBS, you know, under under OS 90s of use. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so keep us uh, posted on your uh, Vorsys Nortel StarTalk project. And uh, we also have a, a new promotional video for Digger. I will mute the sound. Yes. Um because uh, it, it's not sound coming out of the cocoa anyway, and we don't yep. want a copyright hit. But let's take a look, and if you want to talk over it, you're welcome to do so.
I'll plan on it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's that's your uh, right of free speech. Oh no, I'm overly pleased. Yeah, you know, at this at this point, I am so overly pleased with myself. It's it's. Uh, yeah. It's, You're allowed. Uh, we are allowed to be. I, I've been doing a lot of a lot of level play and and all of this. So these are actual pieces that I wanted to, okay. to throw out there. Now, for those of you, the the reason why the audio is off. This was this was my suggestion. As, as thrilled as I am about this, but it's it's the theme from uh, uh, 2001: Space Odyssey. Okay. Uh, so it's an easy one to get dinged on, and it's a full thing, so you can you should be able to kind of imagine that for yourself. Come on, everyone. Stop. You know, it yeah. sounds better on a ukulele. Yeah, you just prevented a thousand people from buying a free game. <laughs> I have ruined this this so, game for everybody yes. now. So, um, but it is up on my YouTube. Um, I'll, I'll uh, provide the link uh, for that so that you guys uh, on um, uh, on Facebook, and it's also I also posted it to the um, to the uh, the video, at least to the Facebook group. You know, a couple of days ago, that's how you got it. So, yeah, this is this is kind of like the, the the last promo for the game right now. I'm going to be concentrating on uh, you know level testing, bug fixes, and and doing all of the uh, the nitty gritty polish up that, oh, that always happens short. around this time. So, you know, there uh, it's it's an interesting um, uh, way that I do this because I used um, uh, a program called HitFilm to composite all of it together. But those are actually uh, shots recorded off of the emulator of the actual um, different pieces of the actual game. Yep, and we have some some comments on Facebook. Uh, no, Nick. Moroda says, holy crap, looks awesome. <laughs> Paul, Paul Soupmaker, holy blank, feel free, man. Feel free to put that on the box, Jeff. Oh, okay, you can put that on the, yeah, that's a, that's a yeah. direct quote. Uh, Paul Shoemaker says, looks amazing. Rick Adam, best of breed, period. That's pretty, um, that's pretty high praise there. And Neil Blanchard uh, says a uh, very complimentary. Show us the Amiga setup under the table. It looks so good. It could be in Amiga. Yeah. It's, it's actually kind of because you know the, the the comment from Rick was I found that kind of interesting because you know Shanghai. You take a look at the you know the the, the picture that I shot of my Coco Three. You know, I had Shanghai up there because I wasted the entire night playing it. Yeah. So it was the only game that you know I played throughout the entire life of, of the you know the, the having a Coco Three back in the day. So it, it was an actually it's a fantastic game. Yeah, it is. It is. Shanghai. <laughs> Absolutely. So to, have, so to have Rick say that to you was was pretty cool. Absolutely. Oh yeah, I like Rick. I love Rick. He's 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 always awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, you're not doing this for your health. It, it's good to have uh, people appreciate you know all the hours that you're putting in and. Um, you know, and and have people like what you what you're um, putting out there. So, uh, anything else in terms of uh, any updates we haven't m- we've missed, or anything else you want to discuss, Chet? Um, no, not really. I mean, there's uh, other than I guess uh, you know, right now I'm, I'm closing everything up, and you know, we've, we've got uh, uh, um, uh, some still expecting you know sometime before between Christmas and, you know, middle of January release on it. Uh, uh, right now I'm, I'm actually scripting out the, the, uh, the first 14 levels, what, you know, which order they come in and, and what, uh, uh, what changes have to happen to all of those levels in order to, to make them, uh, you know, 
fit within that particular sequence. So there's, you know, a lot of that kind of stuff is, is going on right now. So, yeah, I'm not going to really be, you know, doing any promos because I'm not going to have time for it. So right now my my, uh, my focus is on getting that uh, polished up done and, and out the door. So and I know a lot of people are really excited to uh, to get it. You know, Nick is, uh, <laughs> I, I, he asks me about it every time, you know, I'm in, in Discord. It's awesome. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Um, he's super psyched about it so i know i think i think he'd beat someone in front of their own mother to get to play it so <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. It's, after his comments and after his comments at the beginning of the show i'm actually convinced of that now <laughs> i think nick has offered oh. to do some ukulele uh, music for the soundtrack if you oh absolutely that would be- that would be awesome. I'll put a little palm tree in there, have a little wave, and maybe take, uh, maybe maybe get that that Joe Castor, that that Johnny Castaway guy, uh, uh, and put him on there. I mean, that that palette actually fits very well with the cocoa. That was uh, that was optimized for EGA. So, um, yeah, actually, yeah, maybe somebody will do something with that that property. So. But no, it's uh, that, that's it for me. All right. Well, thank you, Jay. Very anyway. cool. Very cool. Very cool. Well, um, Wayne Aaron put up a Actually, video. Rob. Rob. Yes, sir. I'm gonna I'm gonna amend my statement and say Digger Three is gonna be worth having Coco Three for. <laughs> well, you've heard it here first. You I have, may have to I may have to relax my stance. You can <laughs> having a Coco Two alone is just not enough anymore for Nick Marota. He will have uh, to. You, you know, this might outsell Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway, yes. Yeah. Well. You know, if you paid money, if you if you got Nightmare for Highway for free, you paid too much. Uh, so this I'm could still, only I'm do. I'm still waiting for my rebate. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Wayne Aaron put up a video of him playing the very first game his parents bought him for his Coco Two when he was young, and this uh, uh, this is a 4K game, and it's actually one of the first Coco games I, I ever owned as well. And I I did play play it play a lot of it, although all it does is get obscenely fast. Um, but uh, uh, I don't think the music... Oh, there is music in the background. Okay, so we'll have to play it um, silently, but the sound effects are just absolutely horrid, so it won't, you won't be missing much. Let's go ahead and play a little bit of Wayne Aaron. Um, here we go. And let's full screen. And... Uh, I'm sure all of you uh, would know the Coco sound effects for this game. Did everyone have this game? It looks familiar. Galactic Attack? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I had it. I've played it uh, quite a bit. So, yeah, those, uh, the, the um, special effects or the sound effects are just top-notch, man. They're awesome. And they're good for what they were. Um, um and it does have a night mode where it goes into reverse video. It was all for it was all fit in 4K. So if you had a 4K Coco 2, I mean this Coco 1 or 2, this is about as good as it gets. <laughs> Hence the lack of uh, double buffering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep, there's some flicker for sure. Yeah, no fancy schmancy stuff like buffering. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> pew 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 pew. All right. Well, uh, we'll follow and subs- subscribe to uh, Wayne Wayne's channel if you want to see more uh, videos or um, notes about his um, uh, history with the cocoa. So, something we've all been very, very excited about is updates to to VCC, and there is a new update. Um, 
I won't really uh, put the screen here full screen because it's not much to read except that uh, Walter Zambodi, Zambodi uh, has uh, updated the 6309 support in VCC um, with, uh, and Bill Pierce uh, um, re rebuilt the, the VCC, the new VCC version to have that. So now you can actually run the 6309 version of Ease of Use um, in v VCC. Anyone have any questions or comments on uh, VCC me, me. with full 6309? Anyone? Me, me. Um, so obviously there might still be some other bugs, but the big ones that Curtis had found in the past uh, have been taken care of. And also Walter's the guy who wanted to make uh, VCC not just Windows only. And so he basically ported it uh, to OVCC, which uh, uses OpenGL. So it should run, runs on Macintoshes and Linux as well. And that's a good because I don't particularly, I'm not a big fan of using Wine for things. I know it's not uh, incredibly difficult or anything, but. VCC works okay under Wine, but, you know, the OVCC should work better. Yeah. So that, that that's good um, and handy and, and you can get something. Uh, I, I, I run a, an iMac with Windows and Mac. Um, you know, on it. So sometimes I'm in the wrong operating system to do something and I have to reboot and this makes my life a lot easier. So thank you, uh, Walter and Bill. Here, here. Uh, that was the whole purpose behind putting the VCC open source was in hopes that someone would attempt to do such a thing. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely started that direction. I'm glad to see it has. I really am. Excellent. Well, uh, uh, Paul Thayer, who has been brought, who was working with uh, Chet, um, uh, was on that video with Paul with Chet's uh, tile converter software, has also been busy with a uh, Timberman, the game named in honor of Ron Delvaux, uh is a Christmas a demo version. Uh, we might want to play this uh, perhaps in VCC. Um, after the show ends, officially ends, and maybe we'll uh, we'll take a look at that later. Uh, this looks like a, a GIF that's running here, showing you the graphics a little bit. It says, now available for download here, Timberman 2019 Christmas Edition, unlockable characters, and progress saving is not available in the demo. Uh, you can purchase the full version with the goods by emailing me. Uh, and uh, I did... Um, I purchased a, a one with manual and, and everything on an SD card at Cocoa Fest. Um, and I encourage you to kind of support Paul and, uh, and chip in a few bucks uh, for this game. It's a lot of fun. Uh, there are similar games for the Commodore 64 and I, and I think, uh, you know, mobile devices and, and under different names. Um, but it's a really nice adaptation of uh, the style of uh, game. So I have the original Timberman. Oh, do you? Yes, do I. So do I. Yeah. It's good game. Comes on a little SD card. They did a fantastic job on it. Yes, uh, the packaging is nice in the Ziploc baggie, no less. Yeah, I feel like Santa's breathing a little heavy, though. I don't think I think Santa's... A, <laughs> I think there's a digital edition, so I don't think I got the SD card. But... Yeah, and by the way, Santa, I mean, chopping down a tree with a, with a candy cane, that's... Uh, you know, pretty, not, pretty hardcore. That's not a winning formula, I think. Considering he's, you know, put on put on a few pounds, Santa. Well, maybe that's how he's working him off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Help Santa work off the pounds there. Um, you're going to go through a lot of candy canes, though. All right. Well, thank you, Paul Thayer. 
Uh, we'll check that out in a little bit later. Rick Adams, the legendary Rick Adams, has released various stages of his Shanghai source code on GitHub for historical record purposes. And you can find it uh, here. I'll click on the GitHub, but um, I mean, it, it's a GitHub, right? It's got code on it. And uh, the link will be in the chat. Uh, any comments about that? Maybe from Shanghai's biggest fan, Chet Simpson. Is there anything that the, the code being released does for you? Um, yeah, actually, it, it, it does. There's, you know, there, there's always the possibility that I'll, I'll dig in there and play with something at, you know, at some point when I get done. The, you know, when I get done with Digger, I'm gonna have, you know, some free time, uh, you know, between projects, you know, getting prepared for that. So, you know, I like to be able to take that, and, you know, look at something. So it's certainly a, you know, a candidate for that. There's, there's also, you know, other things like you know, Prince of Persia and, and things that you know other people were looking at that that have, you know, you know. Are looking for something, but on this particular, yeah, I could, I could go in there and play with it quite a bit. Well, one th one thing that you could do is, it, is it, depending on what of the new graphics modes that Curtis can support in, um, for the Gimme X, is you could convert the tile sets to be like two hundred fifty six colors or something like that. Yeah, that was actually one of my first thoughts was was updating for the uh, for the Gimme X and, and getting the uh, not just the you know the updating to two hundred fifty six colors, but you know kind of utilize that. And the extra, uh, you know, CPU uh, clock to, uh, uh, you know, kind of, you know, take advantage of that. And maybe add some effects like, you know, tiles fading away or something. You know, who knows? Absolutely. Uh, well, we'll we'll move on to your Amigos Retros Gaming. I don't know if they're. Did you get the? Did you get the correction on that? It's not Outhouse, but Buzzard Bait. Mm -hmm. It is Buzzard Bait. Okay, I don't have. Okay, yeah. thank you for that. Uh, Amigos, the Amigos are always up to something. I encourage you to su subscribe to their page, and they're doing some more uh, Coco stuff. I'll just flip through this really uh, Hi, everybody. quickly well here. Um, let's see. It's certainly uh, you can watch the whole, sh whole show. They're going to go through Sands of Egypt, and I think those are the wrong colors, Mark. <laughs> Wait, it's no, no, tough. it's right. It's no, the right because colors. the water's blue. The water is water supposed to be blue? <laughs> yeah, this guy's this guy can. Uh, no, orange. the water's supposed to be orange. Oh, see, uh, my pool, the water's orange. I think I have to get it cleaned. That's the acid that's green. that we talked about earlier. Yes, that's right. Uh, oh, there you go. Yeah, that's the correct color set. There we go. And then uh, buzzard bait by Tom Mix Software. Uh, and I think somebody, wasn't it Nick Marota that mentioned this was your favorite game? This is my favorite game, so I haven't watched this review yet. So I'm really hoping that there was no uh, uh, disparaging comments like there were with Donkey King. Let's take, a, let's take a quick listen and see where we catch them in the conversation about buzzard bait. I have two people playing yeah. Zucker. It yeah. makes it more fun. Um, this was one of the early games where, they, I mean, this is a real unique gameplay style for the era. Williams was on fire. For a while, mm -hmm. and and you're talking about the same company that was putting out, you know, Robotron and uh, Defender. Yeah, they had a bunch of crazy and it's, it's Stargate and all mm -hmm. those. And this was really one of their wackiest games, where you mount an ostrich and fight other people mounted on ostriches that are knights. And every time you would uh, land on a bird or an ostrich, you would knock off the rider, and the thing would lay an egg. And you picked it up, just wacky. Mm -hmm. It is wacky. And one thing that the arcade had was some awesome 
sound. Mm-hmm. So Williams, get of course, Williams talking about a great the game at the rampage, mm-hmm. or, and it's included on the instructions. We've done it again. So clearly, they make no bones about the fact that they've ripped off Joust. Okay, it's a it's amazing. <laughs> Okay. Inspired by all bravado that you would uh-huh. mention the game you're ripping off in your ass. Yeah. <laughs> it's truly astounding <laughs> to me. Okay, you but how do you like the game? There are some omissions. The the one that I noticed was the uh, was a egg wave. Right. Where's the egg wave at? Yeah, that's weird. Isn't it? That's wave. Because I mean, they really got everything else, including yeah. if you played Jazz, like said, you get all these five. things to fly around. You yeah. try to dismount the other knights. And okay, as, I'm you an go, letter. as you progress through the as levels, speak. Um, parts yes, of the levels sir. disappear. Mm-hmm. I, am outraged. I am outraged. All right. Well, I think we're. I think Nick Marotta is going to um, have a few <laughs> words to say to the amigos. A few stern words. That's right. I, I love these guys. I hope they know I'm kidding. They have a great show. Oh, they are great. And the, the thing is, though, they just keep talking, right? So they'll probably, you know, they work out things. They have a really good rapport and chemistry, and. Um, maybe they didn't notice the egg wave, or uh, who well, knows? They're only, on, they're only on wave two. Maybe they'll get to wave five and say, aha, there is an egg wave. And it's maybe all recorded get, live. And, so, uh, and we owe Nick an apology. Yeah, send them, uh, send them anything uh, that you see that, that may not be correct. I'm sure they'll correct it in, in subsequent shows. And um, we all know... <laughs> these, guys, uh, these guys are awesome. They are awesome. And, and, and they also play beyond uh, level one. <laughs> yeah, they can actually make it. Uh, pat- they can critique uh, any of the level two and beyond sometimes. To be completely it's honest, that's not one of the hardest games. Why you are wrong? <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, uh, amigos, for all all the work you're doing, and um, uh, we know where to address our complaints. Oh, Curtis uh, gave us a hint. They both liked it, so that's good. Okay. Oh, <laughs> well, that's a relief. We don't want to so start. My, we don't need my, to. My ire is slightly reduced. Nobody wants to run afoul of Nick Marotta. Uh, old classic retro gaming on YouTube videos featuring Dino Wars. Let's t- let's listen in. Oh, okay. Okay. Dancing dinos. Your dance? Yes, synchronized dance. <laughs> it's a dance off. Okay. Do they have like one joystick plugged into two ports? I don't know, okay. but because they're like totally synchronized. <laughs> they're doing the con- the con- I challenge you to a dance off. Still water <laughs> like Coco Three. <laughs> oh wow! One of, them, one of them died of boredom. <laughs> Must be watching Coco Talk. Must have been. Either that or embarrassment. <laughs> like uh. Now modern update this would be awesome. And this game fit into 4K, did it not? Uh-huh. Yes. Yes, it yes. did. There was a uh, there is kind of a modern version of this on the Amiga. It's called Dino War. Alright, well ladies at uh, Oh my goodness! All right, well, th- boy, they played this for a while, longer than I could. Wow. Well, thank you, old classic retro gaming, and um, 
we promise you there are there are a few better games for the Coco, so don't give up. Keep trying. Nightmare this is one of the, it's one this, of them. This is one of the highly regarded games, though. Like, I know it gets a bad rap, but I also hear a lot of positives. It gets, um, it, it is um, a few, there's a few features that are um, certainly revolutionary at the time and for what the, you know, what they had to work with. Uh, I don't, I don't think anyone really spends a whole lot of time playing it, but. I do. Except for Chet. I played it for like two hours. By yourself? Because it's yeah, only. It's like- <laughs> I got the car it was just, it's just such a cool it's just a cool throwback to it. I mean I haven't I haven't seen something like this in thir- in twenty years. So when I got the cartridge, man, yeah, I threw that sucker right on in. <laughs> okay. Do a modern version with world ranking and there you go. There you go. And karate chops and kung fu moves. Uh-huh. Yeah, and fireballs. Yeah, Chet is also, Chet is also like, likes to uh, play uh, adventure on the uh, Atari. Oh, mm-hmm. Adventure. And tanks or combat, combat. Yes, in combat and tank. That's yeah. true. Well, there's uh, Dino Wars is is you know there it has its fans. Um, Geiger Punk. We've got to our dragon section of the show. Geiger Punk did a video on Formula One on the Dragon Thirty Two two player three D racing game in high resolution mode, P mode four. Uh, two players on screen at once, and we're going to take a look at that right now. Hello, Eve. This is Formula One on the Dragon 32, and I've got no idea what to expect here. I, I just thought, let, let's see if there's anything, any games on the Dragon that aren't basically platforms or maze games. And I saw Formula One. This list of uh, tape images that I got, I went. Well, I've got to try that now, haven't I? Is this going to be? Is this going to be 3D? Is this going to be into the screen, or is this going to be overhead view? Is this going to be overhead view of a car in a maze? I honestly don't know. All I know <laughs> is the instructions here say exec at the end of uh, the file name. So yeah, just it says okay. So I'll I know. Check and we'll um, we'll see where we. See where we end up. I'm like I'm holding my breath. Let's zoom in while I remember. You know, he sounds like Simon Cowell. About right. About right, isn't it? <laughs> right. Here we go in three. As long as two, he didn't sleep with your wife, oh, oh, Richard. Nah. Uh, well, that's kind of high yeah. res and a little that's bit what Simon Cowell did. more AFXT. Well, let's go with. Cool. Can we do the full? Okay, you got the PAL artifacting. Going on here? Tiger it is, though. Player two. Uh, null. Oh, hang on, that. Oh, it has a um, tra- well, GUI. Yes, I think. Hey, we've got joystick. Whoa. That's really weird. When the joystick moves, I don't know if you can see this, but you can see a sort of grid pattern on the black there. I mean, if I zoom in any more, if I zoom in any more, it's going to be. You won't be able to, you'll be zoomed in on the centre bit of custard yellow there, won't you? Okay. Um, yeah, that more effect is really quite something. Um, right, well, um, we will use a computer track. Oh, yes, right. I don't want to. There is a all right, let's, three. Let's, let's, let's really push the boat out, eh? Here we go. Oh, blimey. If it's taking that long to draw. Two players at top map, and bottom. What's Here. the game? Ooh, okay. Well, it's kind of like Pitfall. Do we have any sound, or is that too much to hope for? 
It kind of reminds me of Desert Rider. I press fire. Yeah. Don't tell me it's forward. Don't be forward to accelerate on an analog joystick, please. It's forward to accelerate on an analog joystick. Right, well, I've zipped off the... Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) The the speed. Well, that's quite an effect, isn't it? Sounds like a Geiger counter. We've got some kind of sound. I wonder if I, if I push forward on the other. There we go, the other one's moving. Apparently yeah, 22 miles an hour. Yeah, I the No, I was doing 22 miles an hour because I was looking at the other. Come on, turn. Isn't that the buff color? You know, this is actually pretty impressive. Uh, custard, I, think that's, I think that's just an effect of the PAL. I don't think that... Ooh. You can kind of almost believe it's... I mean, I mean the, the sprite, high-res sprite, is really nice and detailed. The sound... Kind of less so. Is that meant to be the sound of two Formula One cars? I mean, uh, let's see. Let's see what's going on here. Those appear to be kind of random. Wee! There's the other... Oh, dear. I ran into the back of him. Okay. Are you kidding me? Because I ran into the back of him... That's that, there's an insurance job for you. <laughs> he was piddling along. He had a better lawyer. Okay. Doing 240, so, I, so I lose, even though the fact he that they haven't even finished the lap yet. Right? No, not okay. the same again. Uh, yes, we will use a computer track. Okay, so uh, yeah, it's pretty we'll good. Wait for it to finish drawing. Pretty Brazil, good P4 game. Uh, Do we have? More? It's too bad they uh, you know couldn't have made it Coco compatible to have some of our colors in it, but. Uh, that was Formula One on the Dragon 32. And next we have uh, Pets. Okay, we have a bunch of videos from Petsagym 1. Uh, we got educational games and all sorts of things. So I'm going to just kind of. Same videos, just there's four games in there. So there's time, time offsets. So I'll post them all here. Oh, those are time, time offsets? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't recognize it. Okay. All right. Okay, we're we're taking some uh, picking up a load, and where are we taking it? Already this left hand. Uh, okay. Probably putting all squares together. Circles. Okay, and then he's putting it down into the pit. I know my I know my shapes. Yeah, Stevie would really enjoy this game. I think. It's <laughs> you know, I don't think there's anything like levels. So I think Stevie would really like this game. I don't. I know he might have to read the instruction manual though. Oh, it's okay. I'm sure it's got lots of good pictures. I'm I'm sure you'd have to use a cheat code of some sort. <laughs> All right. Well, we can move on to the next one here. And, oh, all our pay is going to get docked this week too, from what we just said. Oh, is it? Yeah. Well, you know that Overlord Stevie. I, oh, is, you said this was the same. Oh no, it's different. Yeah, it's uh, drawing here. Okay, so we got a box, and we got a guy, a magician, clown. 
He looks like a homeless guy. He, you calling me a nice kind of clown to you? With a top hat. <laughs> and don't forget we have a tut tut from Jim Gary. Oh, we will not forget that. You better not. No one runs afoul of Jim Gary and gets away with it. Exactly. Again, um, something about shapes. Is that important to kids? Do they learn shapes? Uh-huh. guess so. Okay. So, That's um, impressive. I guess it's matching some shapes of some kind. And here we are with more. Okay, Mr. Brock is uh, really into shapes. I'm still trying to get those square pegs to go around hole. Hmm. Yes. Okay, um, it feels like the same game. Oh, here we go. Alright. I think we get the, uh, we get it. If you, if you like shapes, then this is going to be for you. Or if you want to introduce your kids to retro, retro educational gaming. Absolutely. So you got your, uh, your choice of some dragon, uh, things. Uh, there, uh, just uh, this is happens to be Bill Pierce's website. We talked about that earlier. Uh, there's all sorts of music stuff and different lists of uh, programs and utilities and uh, his favorite OS nine utilities, including different uh, file make uh, file managers. He's um, he's got some uh, VCC setup uh, guides and DriveWire and um, and uh, and other things there. So be sure to check that out from earlier in the show, uh, and we, and then where is the link? You posted it in the chat for Tut Tut. Here we go. Oh, I think I clicked on the wrong thing. Uh, but this is the Tut Tut GitHub. Do you have the the video? Yeah, it's a link above that. Oh, sorry. Okay. All right. Game ported from the Sinclair Spectrum. Let's take a look. Tut Tut by David Stevenson. Oh, keys? Okay, slide walls, all the gems. Collect all these things. Green key exits and avoid the mummies. I hear some music, so I'm gonna I'm gonna mute it. And okay, so I guess this is Tut's tomb. Nick uh, Marota, take us through the game, please. I have never seen this game ever in my life. That's okay. You're you're like a uh, you're a visionary, a soothsayer of uh, game. Okay, design. well, you just picked up a diamond, so that that's a really good start. And uh, yeah, you avoided that guy. Now we're <laughs> pick your brother diamond. No, so yes, I'm gotta, pretty. Got to collect a bunch of different, a bunch of different things. And that that definitely is the mummies, those white. Using the same X and Y for the animations we've seen in uh, other games. Oh, there you go. He's looks like a running character. Looks like a running character, and he just hid from the mummy. Okay, he's waiting for the mummy to pass. There you go. And then I guess you have to go up to the exit now. 
No, this is the chromosome game. <laughs> oh, this might be some gender confusion then uh, going on with Jim. Well, look, there's an air, uh, there's an air gauge, so you know, that's your time. Oh, you yes. So, yeah, you have only a certain length of time. All right, well... Is this, um, is this the MC-10 or is this a Coco game? I think MC-10. it... Yeah, he's... Jim Gary is all MC-10 these days. Uh, but this is a pretty good... A lot of colors. You got the green, red, two greens, an orange... Well, it's the, whole, it's the default uh, text-based color set. Yeah, I don't even I don't even know which SG mode is the MC10. Because the because uh, the star is reverse video. Looks very good. Let me let me run the sound a little bit and see what. Nope, there's it's music. So, uh, but you do have some sound effects when you um, pick up things and. And all that. So thank you, Jim. Gary. Anything else, uh, Mark, that we may have missed in the news? Yes, um, there is a new Joey and Coco. And uh, our... Uh, Actually, we have two of them do, right? Yes. And our friend Ben Drakes from uh, England has something. Ah, thank you for that. That's our producer in the booth, Mark... Overholzer. I'm trying. <laughs> That's right. Ben Drake submitted his first, and why is my system lagging so much? All right, I will. Great. I'll, I'll go to Coco and Joey just to cue that up. Uh, okay, is it Co- uh, Coco? Is jo- Joey. Joey. Dot uh, Grace Note. Dot Ca. And I'm having a hard time. There we go. Okay, this is 21st, so I do have the latest one, and this, and of course, last week as well, right? Yep, yep, back up to last week first. Since it's a cereal, we want to make sure we do them in order. Okay. Now, we botched, we botched um, the number 10, but we didn't. So we should probably give Curtis some uh, respect and uh, explain that uh, number 10 at the end, which is it's better than being named after a horse, he was referring to Black Beauty. So well, the joysticks are called Black Beauties. So okay, uh, Joey, well, I guess Moore actually just joined us, so maybe he can. There you go. Let's let's have the author discuss that, and then we'll do uh, oh. Ben Drake's after Coco and uh, Joey and Coco. D. Bruce Moore, ladies and gentlemen. Ten and eleven are the two. Oh, hello. Okay. I'm just trying to get rid of my. I got some sort of echo thing going on here. Okay. Well. While you're waiting, we'll we'll do an intro for Joey and Coco. And now a Muppet News Flash. Coco. How about now? Uh okay, yeah, I got rid of my echo. <laughs> We can't really hear you, though. Can you increase your volume? He's in my left ear. How's that? That's that a little better. That's a little better. He's in glorious mono. Uh, glorious mono. I like it. Okay, so let's um, let's go back to the web screen, and we're gonna go full screen. 
So yeah, let Bruce start with last year. All right, Bruce, which one should we start with? December 7th? Tony botched number 10 form. Oh, should we start with nine? Um, do we want to do a like a repeat of nine and kind of get people back into it, or we want to start with ten? Whatever you want yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, nine, nine. Let me see. Yeah, yeah. What's nine? Yeah. Because ten, we, ten, we didn't get the joke properly because we didn't read nine first, and too much time elapsed. So we, we go. should go back to nine. Okay. Okay. The floor is yours. Bruce. Binge watching sometimes. I can't actually, I can barely see it. Um, you click on the individual um, hold on. Uh, cartoon and it'll zoom how about, in. How about now? Is this better uh, or I this? Can almost read it. Can you see uh, now or this? No? Yeah, okay. Yeah, here we go. All right. So I shall read this then? Is that that's how we do it? Sure. You're live. Okay. So it's entitled, What Are These Black Things? So we got Coco here talking to Joey. Joey's holding uh, something in his hand here. And Coco says, what you got there, kid? And Joey says, it's the new Radio Shack computer catalog. Now that you have a colored TV, which if you looked at last week's episode, he discovered he discovered his computer was gray because he only had a black and white television. Looked up good. <laughs> Which, yes, yes. Uh, uh, certainly, my first color computer was attached to a black and white TV. I know I'm not the only one. So, um, yeah. So he's got his color TV now. And now he's got this this catalog, and he's like, now it's time for some upgrades. So he flips open the catalog, and he's reading. Let's see, extended color basic is ninety nine dollars plus installation. Oh, but it also needs a sixteen k upgrade for one hundred nineteen plus installation. That's at least two hundred and fifty bucks. And then Coco says, you better aim lower, kid. And he goes, oh, here, $4.95. Oh, it's a dust cover. Wait, what are these black $24.95 things? And Coco says, get them. Those are, quote, unquote, beauties. So you kind of got to know what he's referring That's there right. to. That's right. Right? Get some black Which, beauties, and uh, that's a little more affordable. Right. So then you've rolled over into number 10 which is entitled Sounds Kind of Lame, you see uh, Joey there, and he's got he's got a joystick, and he's working it, and he says, uh, these fun sticks are totally awesome. Coco says, they're called joysticks, kid. Whatever. Joystick sounds kind of lame anyway. And Coco says, maybe, but it's better than being named after a horse. So you kind of got to get the previous one to get this one. Maybe I should have it say the horse movie. I don't know. <laughs> should, I, should I edit it in post? I don't know. No, I, I, I think uh, I didn't realize they kind of all um, go together. So I think I think if yeah, if you just do do read them that way, you would get it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And um, then this is I a serial. So each episode. Yes, yeah. is that serial? Each episode leads into the next one. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. I'll get out your decoder rings, kids. Now, number uh, today is number eleven, called "What a Ripoff." Oh, I just got the horse thing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll wait. We'll wait for you, Mark, to catch up. Don't worry. <laughs> so Joey's got a very—he's uh, got a, a lot of a concerned look on. He's actually looking pretty angry, and he's holding a, a book in his hand again. And Coco says to him, "What's wrong, kid?" And Joey's all angry. He says, what a ripoff. My color basic manual only has 13 chapters, but the one at Radio Shack has way more. Why would they do that? And Coco says, the manual wasn't ready, but they didn't want to miss Christmas sales, so they shipped what they had. 
And Joey's like, I'm taking this back and demanding an exchange. And Coco says, maybe see if you can keep the old one in case it becomes a collector's item. And off screen you hear Joey say, who'd want a half-baked manual? And to which Coco replies, you'd be surprised. That's right. Everything. Does anybody have? Does anybody have that original 13-chapter color basic manual? Yes, I do. I have one. Yeah. I think I might. I'll have to look. Yeah. I also have two Revision C Cocoa 1s. Two? Two. Man. All right, well, those, Joey. Those are pretty rare. Joey and Cocoa always up to, up to something. And um, and I'm a little worried about Joey because he he has very long conversations with this computer. Um, Is it not normal? <laughs> it could be. Uh, I think frame the new reality. That's right. I'm I'm digging Nick uh, uh, Nick Moroda's uh, screen there in the background. I'm digging that. Oh yeah. Nick Moroda. Where do I see him? I do not see Mick Nick Moroda. Oh, Nick Morota. I was thinking of Nick. Hi, Rob. Morentes. Before? Oh my goodness. Crikey! Sorry, I thought we're done with Nick Morota. I was, I was, I was down under. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> ben, Ben Drake's up next. Ben Drake's. Okay, where's is Lincoln in the Zoom chat? Yeah, I post Zoom chat. Yep, there's two of them. Okay. Take the first one. Okay, we're gonna photo. go to two and oh, it didn't seem to like that. Hold on. You have to you have to highlight it and then copy. Yep. It's not real smart with links, even though it there knows their links. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, okay, I'm gonna have to copy each half. Yep. Uh, yep. St- stall for time. Uh, Nick. Jeopardy uh... thirty second theme. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, oh I... we can't afford that. Uh, uh... Oh, we've always got. And now, Coco Thoughts by Samuel Gimes. How can one state that one doesn't like Donkey Kong, but then say Donkey King is bad because it's not just like Donkey Kong? Hi, I'm Tim. Playing dagger is like that idiot from the book. <laughs> You're watching Coco Talk. I'm
I don't know if there was dead air, but uh, why why worry about it now? I can hear the boomerang uh, commercial. Okay, um, uh, that might have just been our um, our uh, working on the the links issue. Anyway, Mark, I believe you're going to share your screen, so I'm going to stop yep. uh, sharing yep. audio. So just a second. Um, yep. And let me go to Zoom. Uh oh. Oh, maybe I wasn't sharing audio. Sorry about that. Uh, go ahead and gra- uh, stop share. I, I was. There you go. Take it away. Right. Mark. Yep. Over. Trying, trying to find the one I want here. There we go. It's the window I want. Okay. You see the picture of the Dragon 32 with the uh, MMC and the cardboard cart? I do. Okay. That is uh, Ben Drake's first uh, image that he... Uh, Posted on uh, Facebook. Uh, basically, he's just talking about uh, that he was uh, making a little cartridge for it. And I'm trying to find the text here for this. Uh, he said he posted a couple things in Dragon Group, made a cardboard tray to hold his Dragon MMC. And then he played uh, a game on it, uh, machine for the first time, uh, Missile Defender. So there's a, another uh, link for that, Missile Defender. Anyway, did you want me to jump over to that? I have it in the next tab here. Okay. Uh, wait, what am I looking at? First of all, sorry, I, I, I just wanted... uh, it's, a, it's a Dragon MMC. It's basically got an SD card, and I don't remember all the features on it. I don't have one myself. I do have the Moo card, but I don't have the the MMC. But and, it's used for loading multiple games. I remember. And um, you may have already said this, but why is it in a cart a cardboard case? That I'm not sure of. <laughs> Maybe it's uh, something in the topic here that uh, it's you know, just. He doesn't have any text. Ben is watching in the uh, chat on YouTube. He might make a comment on it. I mean, I'm guessing he didn't have a case for it. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. (laughs) And and he wanted to protect it or keep it, you know, from uh, moving around while while it was in there. So, well, very good. um, Yeah, there's no case, just like the MCX-128. Yeah, very good. MacGyver would be proud. Okay, and then the other one here is some footage of Missile Defender by Tiger Software, and it's a video. Let me see if I can get this thing to go full screen. Ben points out does it in real time. And this is uh, a dragon game? Uh, yeah. So are you seeing that? Uh, yes. It's a little... Uh, a little it, small. That's fine, but can you can you make it to play? Uh, it just should be playing. All right. <laughs> Sorry, Stevie says, why is Rob Inman dressed like the guitar player from Cheap Trick? <laughs> uh, I thought he looked like uh, uh, the guy from Earthbound, Mother 2. Uh, uh, that's a good one. That's, I like Cheap Trick. Um, okay, so Ben's also saying, I'm loading all of my games onto SD card to play on the Dragon, to play over Christmas. Um, so I guess you don't have to buy a Coco SDC. Uh, there are Dragon-specific um, solutions available. You have to realize that a lot of people in with the Dragon didn't buy a disc. It was very, very expensive. And so majority of your Dragon software is all on cassette. And so the Dragon MMC is really designed to mimic that. So I don't know if there are actual WAV files or in it, it imports them like a tape or if it's uh, just as an image. But, yeah, it's, uh, Dragons really have kind of a, a different way they go about uh, uh, their, their software library. Okay. Okay. Well, that video is basically over, but anyway, very cool. So I'm going to stop sharing. And did you, did you say there was one other link, or is those the no, two from Ben? Just, just those two. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, let, let me go back. We've had some 
clever comments in the chat, but let's go back a little bit and go through uh, some of the chat here. Let me take you off of... Uh, here we go. Um, going back through the chat, okay. Um, we've got uh, Curtis Boyle, of course, has been very active in the chat. Uh, we want to say hello to Mark D. Overholzer, uh, who's been posting links like a madman uh, for everybody to go and, and follow and follow along with the news that we've done today. And uh, thank you, thank you, Matchy. For your comments and questions, D. Bruce Moore joined us late in the hour and and read um, Joey and Coco front, live from the author. Al Hartman says, Black Beauty, I love the Green Hornet. And Michael Pitsley, I have a French Coco manual uh, when we were talking about collectible manuals in the Joey and Coco comic oh, strip. I have a few of those too. The Coco do. Manual, maybe. Wee, 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 And the Coco doesn't have a sound speech pack yet, so Joey is hallucinating, according to Curtis Boyle. I, I believe that as well. Like, the Coco cannot possibly be talking back. So we have a lot of questions about Joey's mental health, and it's important to talk about mental health. Um, thanks for keeping the flame alive, Stevie Stroh. We appreciate you, Sneak Sneaker Quinn um, pointed out that we had dead air and it wouldn't be the first time and it won't be the last sneaker, but thank you for pointing that out. Um, and <laughs> Nick Marota says, was the dead air an improvement? <laughs> yeah, I'm, expect, I'm expecting to see a spike in viewership at that. <laughs> yes, I, b- I believe if, if, if Go for Retro were here, he would have said that was the best part of the show when the, when the dead air was happening. Yeah, um, it's been going on for three hours. <laughs> that, yes. Yes, thank you. Uh, thank you, our, our resident troll, uh, troll in residence. Uh, Richard, I like the cardboard cartridge, says Curtis. Uh, ben Drakes, we talked about him. Uh, Rick Nielsen, of course, is the guitarist for Cheap Trick. Um, and uh, very colorful outfits that I apparently am um, um, imitating. Uh, Mark Overhalser says, I think that Rob Inman looks like Ness from the SNES game Earthbound, known as Mother 2 in Japan. So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to fire that one up in my emulator and see if uh, see if that. I just posted a screenshot link from Wikipedia there uh, underneath Al Hartman's video link. Okay, and Al Hartman's posting something. Um, Green Hornet. Al Hartman posting a Green Hornet link. And um, and then a Mark a D. Overholzer uh, letting us know um, what he's talking about with that image. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we could run the closing credits. Does, are, are we still up for doing showing a little bit of a live um, Paul Thayer and a little bit of a live playing of uh, of. Um, Digger 3 Preview. Say hi to Simon Jonasson. He just joined us. Oh, actually, thank you, for, thank you Simon, for joining because I, I had meant to, to talk about your Christmas demo. So, well, why don't we, why don't we then just take a break, a short break, um, and then we're going to come back with Simon, and, and maybe we can ask you a couple of questions about your demo, Simon. So we'll be right back after these words. Okay. 
Hi everybody, this is Siri, Apple's personal assistant and beatbox professional. You're watching Coco Talk with the original gamer, Stevie Stroh. Dr. Siri, I was here first. We'll return after these announcements. What's going on everybody, Stevie Stroh, and I want to say thank you for continuing to watch and listen to Coco Talk. We love doing this show. We think we put together a pretty good show for you, but this show could be better with your help. So if you would like to send a feedback, a comment, a suggestion, a show topic, or maybe even your own little segment or bumper, then send it to us via email to cocotalk at cocotalk.live. This show would be nothing without you. Love to hear from you. This is Ken Reichard, author of Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. And you're experiencing Coco Talk? Yes, Nightmare Highway. Can I get a Nightmare Highway echo in here? Nightmare Highway. Highway, highway, highway. Thank you. Um, Simon Jonason, how are you doing? And what are you up to? And um, and I'm going to try to look for your... Uh, um, Christmas demo, but Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays to you, and uh, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I joined very late because I've been working on that demo um, again because um, I, I posted Rondovo a, a a new version, but it's not tuned enough to show you yet because right. will be there will be music with the rotating center. Okay. Do we have um, a bit of it that we could show, or is it totally unfinished? Is there anything on Facebook? Uh, it's on uh, Ron's Garage, there's a small, tiny clip. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I can... Is that a separate sure. Facebook group, Ron's Garage? Yes, it is. I don't know if I'm a member. Hmm. <laughs> You're not part of the elite. Another 10 demerits, man. What? Oh, my goodness. What? <laughs> Don't I get enough? Uh, get enough of Ron? I, I can, I can make you a uh, member if I have just joined. Have your background check. All right, <laughs> and a ten dollar fee. Yes. Okay. And you are now approved. So, uh, <laughs> approved. <laughs> I made it. I made it. You are real now. And I am real. I'm just, somebody. Just don't get locked in that garage. I worry about. I worry about no, that. We could do a little. And, and don't hate those right cans. Now, That's right. Since I'm up. Oh, should we do a Ron's garage with Simon yeah. Jonason? Uh, let's just do that, Ron. Ladies and gentlemen. Music makes me wonder if there's like shed carpeting. <laughs> oh, there's many things that happen in Ron's garage that we shall not uh, talk about. Are you going to bring it up? Yeah, uh, what, uh, yes, I will. So let's do that. Um, here we go. And oh, cool. We will go to Ron's garage. I've got uh, anything we should. St- here I can zoom in. This is, this is technology right here. Yes, sir. That's my new title page up there. That's so right. Very nice. Nice guy. <clears throat> I have um, 
I must say that uh, I received Roger Taylor's CD DVD. It was awesome. So that actually did go ahead. Yes, and uh, there's a new lake that's clean that uh, you would enjoy. Um, you can go right to order uh, the DVD. All righty. At Kunaki there. Anyway, um, go ahead and scroll down. You want you know that disc is awesome. I spent well, an hour going through all the goodies on it. Well, let's let's talk about the disc really quick and then go down further down the page. So you've it, got did, great. did you play the Xmas Smash? Yes. In fact, uh, if you could see in the background, I have a um, uh, real-looking fire going with the Christmas music playing. One of the things in there that he's got. That must be the Yule uh, log. Christmas, right. The Christmas Smash is a uh, game of uh, breaking um, Christmas uh, ornaments, which is cool. It's okay. uh, like his last game, that, um, if I can remember properly. Um, what did he have? Bells, I think. Anyway, um, lots of good stuff on there. Tons of good, good, good stuff. Music, there's uh, a lot of cocoa goodies. All right. How much was it, do you recall? Uh, it's 19, I think. 19 bucks. All right. Um, but check it out. It's uh, well worth it. Lots and lots of goodies. There's a couple of videos on there, too, to watch. Um, it's real good. All right. Uh, he put a lot of time into it, even though he might not have uh, brought it, you know, close enough or far, or far enough back from Christmas for people to order. He um, he did spend a bunch of time on it, and, uh, and he did get a lot of um, kickback because uh, a couple of his links that I posted – had junk on it. I don't know what all that came to because I never see it because I have this browser that doesn't show any uh, ads or anything. Oh, okay. Well, so those links there are clean. Okay. Well, uh, there's okay. no reason why you can't order it after Christmas. Uh, it's a collectible. Yeah, you can order it anytime. You can order it anytime. And January yep. is a, still part of the holiday season. So. Yep. So make there's sure to go. A and... bunch of good stuff. Christmas is just a little part of it. There's a lot of other other things in there you would enjoy. Okay. Well, Roger puts a lot of his time into the community with all of his hardware projects. and, and He's a good um, guy. He's a good guy, and he puts together stuff like this. So uh, go ahead and... Um, um, and uh, the guy had me do the artwork. I mean, how much better can you go, you know? That's that's right, exactly. Okay. Uh, so I'll post the link in the in the YouTube chat, and there there's Ron Delvo yeah. getting his DVD uh, in the mail. There's... Uh, fireplace he has going that's in there keep going all right and the link again uh, okay keep going this is a uh picture that i made i put it on the cocoa and it came out really good look at oh okay so that's the picture now where did, yeah. where did you create this on pc uh yeah i use uh corel draw okay corel draw and then and you, there it is you, on the cocoa using uh high color to by um, Sockmaster. Okay, so you use Sockmaster High Color 2 to convert it yep. to uh, 16 colors, I suppose, a 16 color mode? Well, it's actually more because it's switching two pages. Oh, it's flipping. Okay, so it's yes. more than 16 colors because yeah. it's doing the flip. And right. then this is what it looks like. Um, yeah, it looks great on the Cocoa. And it's uh, downloadable. There's a link on my uh, 
uh, Ron's garage there. You'll see it. All right. It's RSMS. <laughs> okay. Download the file. All right. And then we have Simon Jonasson has does it does it again for Christmas. So do we have uh, this? Down uh, a little further. Keep going. Okay. Uh, Keep going. Oh, okay. Keep going. That's uh, Christmas for uh, Model 1 and 2. Sure. There it is, right there. Okay, now I have um, a program like this. Make it big. Yep. There it is. So I have a program like this on my Coco SDC image, but I don't know how it got there. <laughs> when did you do it, Simon? Uh, I put it in the opening of the show. So yeah, I, I actually did that about a year or two ago, um, but I, I kind of revisited it today thinking, okay, let's put some music with it. Oh, okay. So, so you were going to add music to that. Okay, so... I, because, yeah, I, I did actually, I found this in the demo section of my Coco SCC, and I added it, added a little bit of it to the show this morning. So the, you're still working on this, Simon, and you'll post uh, further updates to the uh, Ron's Garage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I just actually posted Ron, the music, in a separate file. Okay. Right. Um, the screen's going to look totally naff because it's just playing the music. Um, but Ron has a version of the animation, which is actually real time. It's mm-hmm. not an animation; it's actually real time um, with music on it. But the sequence is going far too slow, um, so the sequence needs to be serviced uh, twice as fast, and then it will work fine. So, in just a, uh, a day or so, you'll have it. Yes, I have, it, I, have it, I have it with you I have it with you in a day or so, yes. Yep, and we'll show it. Okay, well, it'll be ready before Christmas. So, Ron, you'll post it. Uh, to... I'll post it on mine and then on uh, uh, Coco Group. Okay. Uh, Ron, uh, if, you could, if, you grabbed your, if you grabbed your Facebook feed, I sent you the uh, binary file for the actual music itself. Okay. All right. Now, down below a little bit is um, coming to theater soon, the next uh, version of... Uh, okay. Um, where did you get this from? From an older... Um, yeah, 1985 Rainbow on Tape. When the original uh, Ghostbusters got it. Yeah. Uh, is there, is there the any music or copyright? No, or? it just draws a picture. All right. Back then, it was awesome to see. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I actually oh. typed that in. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. And uh, down below is a picture of it on my black and white TV I had back in 84, I think. Or it had to be 85. That, was, that looked nice. Was That was a uh, Coco 3? No, that was a um, TDP. Oh, it's 100. a oh okay. Yeah, and that's got that's Coco VGA, so you can see how clean and clear it is. <clears throat> a bit shaky because I'm shaky, but no, that's fine. I'm I'm just trying to figure out what what uh, graphics mode that that no, is. C mode four graphics. Oh, is so it? that that's an artifact um, color, color. All right. Mm-hmm. So that's it, pretty much. All right, uh, and I think we. 
had Paul Barton was going to be... Yes. Okay. Paul, are you going to tell you're going to tell us about uh, hardware project? There you Fire. go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think Paul's here. No. Oh. Did okay. he leave us? I think he might have left us. Richard, anything oh. you want to say about what we had planned to talk about with Paul, and maybe we can cover it next week? Uh, no, let's just do it next week. Okay, so there's a, there'll be a hardware update from uh, Richard Lorbieski and Paul Barton, and that'll be coming uh, next week. And with that, I think we lost Richard Lorbieski too. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I think we'll we can probably run the closing credits, and then uh, we'll we'll hang out here for a while and maybe run a few uh, games. So mm. we'll. Uh, I'd like to make a comment. Uh, th- that is, that's denied. Uh, no. What's your <laughs> No, what what's your comment, Brian? Um I created the uh MIDI uh pack uh, that Lester Hansrudge did uh, for the uh, club. Mm-hmm. I still got the schematics around someplace and whatnot and it's an easy pack to build. I was just think wondering if uh it might be Interesting if I did another redo of the or another run of those. Yeah, I mean, you can count me as a as a sale. I need, I'm looking for one, and I imagine other people are as well. So, whatever right. you could do, or however I could help you to make that possible, mm-hmm. I'd be happy to. Yeah, to do. I'm just looking for the original schematic because I've got it around someplace, but I can't find which folder it's in right now. In that, but uh, I'd want to redesign the uh, board with uh, actual gold plate and whatnot, and I have to redo the uh, schematic um, drawing for it. Okay, redo the board. Well, but I've we... got the artwork for the original one still. So, anyway, no, that's great. So, if if you if we can get that going, maybe we'll come back on a future episode and do a kind of a MIDI show or. Um, show how to use the pack, maybe how it integrates with um, with Ultimuse and Lyra and some of the other yeah. um, packages. It's nothing but it's nothing just like a, it's nothing but a, a modified serial port uh, for the correct baud right and and, yep. and it just sends out the bits. That's right. I think so. I've got a copy of the uh, schematic for it. Somebody, you do? I think so. Okay. Somebody had posted it. I posted it at one time. Yeah, it's just I can't find it. I've, if, I've got a copy of it. If you have it, could you send it, email it to me? Sure. No problem. No problem. Do you have my email? Well, yeah, of course you have my yeah, email. Yeah, I've got your email. <laughs> so we music guys got to stick together, man. You got it, Bill. <laughs> there, it would be a cool show to, to do a bunch of MIDI stuff. Yeah. Find out how to hook it up, how it actually works. I wish I had my setup that I was running for a long time. Uh, I actually have a guitar amp that is MIDI controlled. It actually it has motorized volume knobs and all on it, and I can control it from the Coco. Mm. And I had had a track. I set up one track on Ultimuse that actually controlled my amp, and it would change patches. And it's it's got digital effects and all on it and 
Oh, so yeah. I could completely control the amp while the music was playing on the Coco through my keyboard, and then I'd play live guitar with it. And it was uh, pretty unique because I didn't have to step back and fiddle with the amp or play with a pedal board or anything. It was just all done in the sequence. Cool. All right. All right. I'm done. Well, uh, thank you for, for the, that update. Sounds like we might have MIDI help maybe on the way. And uh, Simon's been posting additional things in the Zoom chat. Anything you want to add about uh, the um, features and functionalities in the chat? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just I just posted the preliminary version of what I'm talking about, what I posted to Ron. Um, as I said, it's not tuned yet, but it will be playing at the right speed within a couple of days. Do you want me to post the DSK on uh, Ron's garage? Mm, if you want to, but it's not playing at the right speed. I'd rather you wait until okay. it's playing correctly. All right. But this was just for anyone who wanted to test this and say, okay, yes, I know exactly what you're doing. I don't know exactly what you're doing. <laughs> All right. Okay, you never so know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> you never know what I'm doing. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we'll we'll be right back after this outro, and then uh, we'll keep the show uh, running with some um, some gameplay videos. This concludes another episode of Coco Talk, the world's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. For all things Coco Talk, visit us on the web at cocotalk.live. We'd love to hear from you. Send feedback, suggestions, even segments via email to cocotalk at cocotalk.live. Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world, keeping the tandy flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop, because Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world. Consider supporting the show with a purchase of merchandise from our retro swag shop at 8bit256.com. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, click the Patreon link at our website at cocotalk.live. Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world, keeping the tandy flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop, because Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world. Coco Talk would not exist without the community, its cast, crew, and contributors. Thanks go to Curtis Boyle, David Ladd, Mark Overholzer, Grant Leedy, Bruce Moore, Nick Marenkis, Rondell Vaux, Rick Adams, Jason Riker, Richard Lorbieski, Jim Brain, Tom C., Rob Inman, Mark Bosley, Brian Joyce, Ken Riker, David O'Connor, Brian Weasler, Terry Steggy, Nick Morota, John Strong, and many more, especially to Steve Bjork for production suggestions and James Diffendaffer for making my head explode. help support the Coco community by visiting some of its various contributors. A list of resources is available at imacoconut.com. That's I-M-A-C-O-C-O-N-U-T dot com. The Coco Talk theme song is copyright 2008 by D. Bruce Moore and Greg Sheeler. Mixed, mastered, and produced by D. Bruce Moore. <laughs>